What's up, all you hitchhikers? Welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. We have a special guest uh, in studio today, but first, I'm Mikey. Uh, as always, the wingman, Bub. Hey, everybody. And Stoner on the ones and twos, hitting all the magical buttons behind the scenes. The wizard. The wizard. Uh, I'm just going to start calling him the wizard. Well, that's his kin. That's his, that's his brethren. Um, we've got a great show today. Uh, today we have Ross Tyson in Tyson. studio. And Ross is a creative director and host of What You Don't Hear podcast. And Ross is a local guy, Columbus, Ohio. Um, I believe we met for the first time when we helped uh, the video community fellas out with a live stream down here before uh, this was a podcast set. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, walking in here today, I was like, okay, this is completely <laughs> different than what I remember it. I was just seeing it via glimpses on social media of yeah. all the clips you guys posted this show. Yeah. Did you feel bamboozled? Like, okay, where am I really? You no, know, I actually <laughs> felt like I was walking into, like, a surprise party, honestly. Because <laughs> uh, it's the best bamboozle you can oh, get, honestly. I walk in here, and I'm like, this is the coolest set that right? I could walk into. Oh, that's right? great. I, so, yeah, I uh, I know we're catching up a little bit, but I love what you guys have done with the studio here because it is it is a very, very cool place. Like, I am very jealous of all the decor and the layout here. Oh, dude, if you ever want to use, come hang out. Yeah, if like you've that. got a project, that is, it is community-oriented. Genuinely super. Super good we will know. help out. Yeah. You know, it's um, like I we've said got... earlier. We want to amplify those voices. We... Yeah, that's that's what the space kind of works out to be as right. Right. That's honestly and that's you can good cover. To know. You can put duvet up. You can hang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can cover up kind of the strange roadness, mm-hmm. if you will, of yeah, the set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. we did think about like having elements that could come on and off for clients, and then we're like, you know what, man, we just got to go all in. And just make what we want without having to yeah. have these ideas of, well, we could flip it. It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And we can obviously accommodate um, audio platforms oh, yeah. right, very right. easily For you sure. know, to come in and just record I think uh, it'd be super podcast, easy just but... to hang black curtains from the ceiling and cover up that yeah. whole back yeah. wall. Yeah. Just, just like right there, cut it off at the carpet and drop them. Yeah. 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 Just hang a curtain of every color and then whatever branding the show has when they right. come in. They're like, yeah. hey, are you yeah. red, yellow, blue? And then just drop them and then there you go. It's not a bad idea. And they've got a custom, they've wow. got their own studio. Like if I was still doing the Poltergeist podcast and we needed a space, just give us a red curtain. Looks like we're in the Black Lodge. We're good. Like, oh. You just drop it down and Twin we're Peaks. set. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. My, uh, my old co-host for that show was a gigantic fan. And uh, so he literally in his apartment um, uh, built a mimicked Black Lodge. So oh, he had a, a room with all the red curtains on the walls and the like the what is it chevron rug whatever that pattern is or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that as the carpet and everything, and that was like literally our podcasting <laughs> studio. So Sweet. on the show when we were like, oh yeah, we're here in the Black Lodge doing this, we were literally in the Black Lodge. That's great. It was, uh, That's it was a great. blast. Yeah. Yeah, but awesome. I'm I'm like super stoked to get to come on and do this. I like right cannot on. say how much I appreciate you guys. Oh, dude, being down to have me on. So thank you, one hundred percent. Because I'm sure we'll dig into a bunch of stuff. I don't get to do shows like this, and I'm sure we'll talk about a ton of different stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't ever get to, to sit with anyone and like talk things creepy, spooky, mysterious, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So right. it's a it's right. a nice change of pace that I'm excited to kind of dig into. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about your show, because yours is yeah. definitely uh, inspirational, I think, to a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, out there hustling, gig workers. And I don't know if it's so much of like the video. It's It can kind of be molded to really any type of 
individual pursuit as as an entrepreneur, someone that's trying to build their own thing. For sure. Am I close to that? Yeah, yeah. It's like the the way that I've kind of coined it is like it's it's a and life again, podcast. That's what you don't hear podcast. What you right? don't hear podcast. Yeah. So I've been doing it for three years now. Um, I just love talking to people. I love sitting down and Absolutely. talking to people about their life stories. And more so digging into, like, I, I didn't want it to be a hype show that was like, here's, like, five ways you can be an entrepreneur tomorrow. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was like, hey, let's let's talk the real talk. Let's dive into all the ups, the downs, everything yeah. in between. Let's talk about the really bad times. And then let's, let's speak on how you got to the good times. Yeah. Because that transition is important, I think, for people to hear. So even in the, you know, the name of the show, What You Don't Hear... I dig into the sides of people's stories that we otherwise wouldn't get to hear about. It's those those kind of conversations that you're probably not going to catch in passing or right. you probably wouldn't normally just go to somebody and say, hey, I'd love to meet you. Can you tell me about your entire life? Yeah, right. You right, right, for two right, hours right. But you really create a space where it, pe- people do – Open up on your show. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I definitely, I mean, it's, it's a skill that I think I've built over the years, yep. but I've also kind of always, honestly, been that type of person who, yeah. um, I, I mean, I, maybe you guys will be able to tell me at some point after we sit here and do this show, but I, I do um, kind of take pride in being able to make people comfortable to talk yeah. to me, um, whether we're talking deep things or whether we're just talking casually. Yeah. I like, I can sit down with anybody. And we will immediately speak like we've been friends for 10 years. It yeah. doesn't – I'm just like, yeah, we don't have to – Would you say you're an empath? For sure. Okay. For sure. And yeah, have yeah, that yeah. social awareness ability because I would say what you're saying is very close to how we both feel of – Yeah. My wife told me one time one of our neighbors is like, he doesn't know a stranger, does he? And she was like, no. Right, yeah. Because like, yeah. it does even as a kid, right? So I yep. totally would agree with that notion of – what you're saying, it's very easy for you to converse with your guests. And yeah, yeah, because I, I feel like I can often get a good read on people. Right. Um, and I'm not saying, like, in some psychic way, like, I always put it to use of, like, no, oh, no. how can I navigate? But, like, generalities. Right, right. I, th- I do think, and, you know, this <laughs> diving into the theme of the show a little bit, I, I think uh, energy is a very real thing, yeah, right? Well, now absolutely. we call it vibes. Um, uh, but, yeah. you know, I, th- I think energy is a very real thing, and I feel like I can uh, – pick up on people's energy relatively well. And again, yeah. I don't always do something with it. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow. But in the form of conversation, I can always kind of easily navigate like, okay, I can tell this person is a little bit closed off. Here's maybe what I need to do to make them more comfortable. Right. Or, cool, I can tell they're ready to talk. I'm going to make sure that they're comfortable. And so many times at the end of uh, recording one of those episodes, you know, I, I will sit and the guest will be like, that felt like a therapy session, yeah. right? you know, and, and it's right. like it's great, man. It's giving them space to talk about themselves because a lot of people we're, we're kind of conditioned to be like, oh, don't be selfish. Don't talk about yourself that much. Blah, Crush blah, blah. And it's ego. like, yeah. hey, yeah, like we don't have to No, like this is literally we are sitting down to talk about you and the things that you do. Right. And more so, I want there to be space and room for you to express like, hey, let's talk about that really hard three years that you had yeah. right. where you didn't know what you wanted to do with your life at all. We've been there. Exactly. Yes. Because, and, that, and that's the biggest thing, too, about the show is like... Well, if you have experience with it, too, or yeah, if you exactly. have reference of it, if you have some kind of understanding yep. of it to be able to understand them, yep. that goes miles, right? And, and that's the biggest thing, like I was about to say, is like that's that's kind of the connector point of the show, right? It allows people to relate to the listener. So, sure, there could be a musician on the show or a video person on the show or an entrepreneur, of, you know, whatever it may be. Right. You don't have to be interested in the thing that they do. If right. you listen and you just kind of want to hear somebody's life story, you're going to relate to something. And that's kind of like the underlying theme is realizing like, hey, we're all more similar than we are different. We yeah. all have a lot more in common than we do differences completely. So it's like you can listen to somebody's story and now having done 
um, you know, almost 100 episodes, 100 different, you know, story conversations with all these guests, um, I relate every single episode. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sitting and I'm like, oh, wow, you've experienced that too. Well, just like you were saying, I can feel that and I can relate to that of like, I went through something similar. It doesn't oh, have yeah. to be the exact same circumstance. Right. right. But there's still that connector point of like, oh, okay, this now brings us closer. And then as a listener, because I know I've listened to other podcasts where I feel like I get to know the guest a lot better. Right. You walk away from those things being like, I feel like I might be their friend now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never met them. So, yeah, yeah super long-winded, you know, not, not to, not to uh, talk in circles about what you don't hear. But, yeah, absolutely love doing that show. I've been doing it for three years and yeah, it's a big just it's just about about, you know, that that connecting standpoint around people's life stories and getting to know them on like a real level. And of course, sharing bits and pieces of myself through all of those episodes, Sure, you know, allows people to get uh, to know me a lot better, too. So because I'm I'm an open book about literally anything. I'm right. like, yeah, let's just talk about it. Let's like whatever it is. Let's uncover it. Let's dig into it. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. As uh, you'll find out, the deeper we get into this episode I love talking probably a little bit too much. So, <laughs> Dude, we... That's uh, perfect. Yeah, we, we understand. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. We, we absolutely understand. Now, you talked about, you know, you believe in energy. Um, I do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people call it Quan. People call it all throughout history. It's been, it's been called uh, Aura. It's chi. been called Chi. Yep. So, you know, it's this back and forth. When you're in this conversation with somebody, you can really feel this flow. And, you know, we can't scientifically measure it yet, although I think some they're getting pretty close to it on the quantum level and, and some interesting stuff in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's something that uh, is kind of an art form of just sensing out someone's energy of, like, where they're comfortable and being able to kind of guide them into that space where you can have that open conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah. And for me over the years, like I've learned to kind of mix that with like practical conversational elements, right? Of like learning the art of a conversation, learning the art of an interview, yes. um, or even negotiation when it comes to client work and stuff like that with a lot of you know the work that I do in general. Yeah. You got to learn how to navigate like, all right, what's, what's the thing I need to say to this person to kind of get them going this way or to to get them to better understand or clarify where I'm coming from. And for me, I think it's been that balance of taking those normal practical things because somebody could hear us talking about that and be like, guys, it's not energy. It's just learning how to conversate with somebody. Yes and no. I think it's both. Right. And and that's, I think that's for me, what I learned over the years, how to uncover is like, as I was growing and maturing and especially in the business and freelance world and all that sort of stuff, learning how to navigate those conversations and then entering the world of podcasting as a whole other thing. But for me, it was like, all right, I'm learning how to converse with people. I'm learning the practical, logical elements of what it means to talk with somebody, what it means to tell a story from my standpoint. Right. And then the more that I've grown up, I feel like the more that I've got really in tune and, and opened up to it and accepted it of being that empath and being, um, honestly, I, I feel like, that more of uh, like that sensitive side. And I don't mean sensitive as in like the emotional sensitive, but no, like no. the relator part. The yeah. like I, when I tell you, um, and again, this, this show is the best place for me to explain this stuff on. Yeah. Um, when I tell you that I, I feel people a lot, yeah. literally do. I yep. genuinely yep. do. And again, it doesn't mean I always do something about it because yep. I think when someone says that, 
it's easy to be like, oh, so you think you're psychic and that means you're reading well, everybody in the room all the time. And no. you get thrown into this woo category right away. Right, right. You get kind of – but, I mean, my daughter is highly, highly uh, an empath. Mm-hmm. And she has to take breaks at school because she – it's you know, out. gets too. She's yep. soaking up all of every kid's energy. Can't help it. Literally, and that's, you yep. have to like take her aside, and she has to be by herself, and like basically do this little kind of meditation that I've taught her to uh, grounding herself and breathing techniques to yeah. yep. kind of shoo away all of that out of her field. I guess is what you could call it. A hundred percent. But you know, just. Um, it's it's a real thing. I mean, I a hundred percent know what you're talking about. I feel like I don't know maybe from like growing up, if it's being a little kid in my hometown and like being around adults a lot. As far as you know, if my parents had friends over, we were watching my grandparents play cards, whatever. But observing at a young age, social interaction, yeah, right, and maybe that's part of it. But I feel like you do. As far as I've told people a lot of times, I can walk into a room and nobody has to say anything, but I know how that room feels. Yep. I know how people. I know if it's a happy vibe, and I don't mean overall. I mean individually. You can go through people kind of be like, they. It's how they carry themselves. It's whatever you want to say. Like it's things you're not aware of that you're tracking and taking in, maybe that are giving you that sense. And maybe that's why. Is it an energy? Is it an unexplained phenomena that our body's doing so quickly? Like when we make a decision to do something, our brain made that decision before we see it happen. Like when I move my hand. My brain has already moved it before I move it. Yeah, right? 100% same. So it's at that the... really, really finite level of which one is it, Yeah. right? Yep. And I'll take either, really. I don't care if it's an energy or it's just senses are running that quickly that they're compiling that information. But I, I definitely would agree with you 100%. You can be like, I know kind of how the atmosphere here feels. And, yeah. You know. And that's I'm 100% with you on, on the room thing. You know, there's a ton of times I will walk into a room immediately kind of like – Catch the aura, catch the energy, yep. catch the vibe. And I'm like, all right, I know kind of what Feel we're doing. And I, I can, I can, and I think that to be honest, I think every human has that. Yeah. I think that's just our, that's our, our animalistic, our natural, like one with earth sort of thing, right? Yeah. It's just like, more sensitive. I'm You're safe just more or I'm sensitive. Not safe. Exactly. Just and a I, little I, more tuned in. A hundred percent. It's frequency. Exactly. Where, where, where's that level turned up to? You know, I yeah. think it's, it's always there and it's always on with everybody because I'm sure you guys could sit here with a hundred people. And I would probably say that about 97 of them would be like, oh, yeah, I'm very sensitive. I'm, a very, I'm an empath. Absolutely. I feel energy all the time. But I and think they're wearing crystals and it, like they have – which I love crystals, right, by the way. Right. You will see I have crystals sure. everywhere. Here yes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's cool. I did not expect that to be like waiting. That's dope. I love Isn't that. it? Yeah. Uh, what is that? Hectite? Uh, that's I forget what cool. That stuff is. But. Yeah. But it's like, you know, of course, you're going to get the people like that, right? Yeah. But you're also, I, I think – you know, you'll get a lot of people who could some not of them be are great. Well, it's, I think there's people that are not into any of that. Right. But they yeah. could still sit and say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally feel that. And I think that that's because we all have that. Again, that's just like our natural kind of like human innate sort of thing that we have as yeah. the beings that we are. Yep. Yeah. I think we carry that energy because we this whole conversation started with like energy is a real thing. Right. Right. And it's just, I think, how in tune you are with that. And then the other tools, like we've been talking about, is like, all right, you're in tune with it. How in tune are you? Where's that knob turned to, right? Is it turned right. to one, two, seven, 11, whatever it is? Find your comfort level. That's different for each, and each person. Harmonizing and then as well. Yeah. Yes. Your yes. frequency with other people's frequency. And like. And then it's like we were talking about with the tool element of 
the more you grow up, the more you get in tune with that. Then well, you learn the practical elements yeah. of, okay, I'm feeling this energy. Now, how do I use it in conversation? Yeah. How do I combat this? Guided. Um, yes. How, how do I combat? Oh, there's a pro. Oh, okay. Something's off here. This is a weird conversation. Yeah. I'm having some confrontation here. Yeah. How do I, you know what I mean? Converse through that. How right. do I use this energy and guide it in the right way? Like you were saying. And I think all of those things, again, just repeating what we've said here so far, but like it's working all of those things together. It's being in tune with yourself and your own emotions. And then it's deciding how much am I going to work with this or work against it? Because I think a lot of people, yes, they can walk into a room and feel sensitive and they can feel the energy, but it doesn't mean they're going to do something with it. They can just be like, huh, well, this feels weird. And then just go on about their day well, and not think about it anymore. People yeah. perceive that as anxiety too. Yeah. So when you're a little too turned up, not tuned in, then a lot of people have social anxiety where they walk in. My nephew's one of He's just got way too much You should get overwhelmed by everyone coming everything. in. Yeah. And right. it takes him like 10 minutes to be able to walk into a room. Mm-hmm. So he's got to like decompress the anxiety or whatever that energy is that's up here. You know, it's, and then he's just got to kind of move it on essentially. Yeah. And then he can finally go into a room and, and be a little more less. Um, but anxiety could be a good thing. Sometimes, like when we're, we're perceiving it as this medical condition called anxiety, but really what if it was just like some sort of frequency or something hitting you and you you just don't know what to do with it. And then yeah. that keeps happening and happening and it builds up and, and you get this kind of like paranoia, anxiety. Well, talking on the like the emotion of anxiety, you know, because I'm, I'm not I'm not intelligent enough to really break it all down. Right. But I think um, anxiety and excitement are also two very similar feelings. Yeah. Right. And 100%. It's, it, there's a fine line there between For sure. like, which is it am I feeling right? If I'm just going, you know, we're sitting down to, like, am I excited, but I'm nervous Yeah. or am I just nervous? And I am like, oh God, this feels weird. This feels crazy. It's like, well, you're releasing the same chemicals, right? right. In fear and in excitement in your mm-hmm. body, you're releasing the same, uh, hormone, chemical cascade, et cetera, right? Your body is charging up the same whether you're excited or fear, mm-hmm. not fearful. Right. So it's that mindset. Yeah, yeah. How do, how do I want to being feel Being able to this? tune that, right? Like, yeah, It's exactly. like driving that ship, like how to take that gust of wind into your sails and steer that boat. Right, right, 100%. And that's and so I think it's like all of those sort of emotional energies can all yeah. play in that way. And again, it's not always that simple. It's not, you know... If somebody's sitting with with riddled with anxiety, it's not like they're going to sit and be like, "Hey, just bro, think positively and everything." No, will be it doesn't work like that's that. Obviously, that's obviously that's not how it, it works. It's a not training work like technique that. or a practice you have to do over and over to get it. Because exactly. I'm an anxious person, I have some OCD. I have to leave here sometimes to go make sure I lock the house. Mm-hmm. Not joking, Michael. Like, I'm sure you locked. It. I'm like, but you don't understand how much I can't relax until I know that's done. You'll fixate on it. And I'll get out of the bed at night and run downstairs and make sure my sunroof's closed or, you know, it's, yep. it's absurd, but mm-hmm. if I don't do it and the one time it happens, I'm going to like, of dude, course you have crucify to myself. Go internally. back to your house more times than I could ever count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I left my, I left my front door open. I know it. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I think we can identify no, you that. Didn't. That is an anxiety. That is yeah. a, you're not excited to run yeah. back to your house. You know what I do yeah, now when like, I leave just to make sure the coffee pot's off? I just unplug it. I don't even trust the switch because I might not have turned the switch off. Just double check. Yeah. yeah. Go all the way with it. Yeah. But I was going to say too, to like the being in tune, being able to kind of um, read people, et cetera. Do you think that also comes with, and I say from my own personal experience, I think in a weird way of 
Okay, if you have someone that's never had a difficult experience or a rough experience or maybe a traumatic experience, maybe their tuning is not the same as mine because I have seen the different variations and maybe they've never seen that. So we might walk into a room and somebody's assessment of it versus mine mm-hmm. would be drastically different of how to navigate that and what the and again, maybe mine's off a little because I have that fear level set a lot higher than most, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even like getting into adulthood and making friends was not easy for me because I was like, if I don't trust you, we can't be friends. Like, which is a good thing, right? But getting to that stage, you got to let them in first to be able to trust them. And it was like, I don't know, unless you had a Willy Wonka golden ticket, which was usually um, by association with Mike or any of my other friends. I got to a point once uh, we were all old enough, I was like, Anybody he ever introduced, if he was like, "Hey, meet my friend," you know, "meet my friend today," I'd be like, "Oh, I don't even need to know his name." Right? If he's right. your friend, he's my friend. Yeah, yeah. I, I've outsourced that vetting process. I don't need to do it. Yeah, you know, a hundred percent. But yeah, that was a tough cookie to swallow too. I brought a lot of weird people stage. into your life. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's what happens. It's been a ride. It's yeah. been a strange road for sure. That's what happens. Jeez. But I think I think you are right though. And to your point, like I do think yes, it's a lot a tuning of it, fork. It comes with the experience of that. You know, yeah. yes, if somebody has a different life experience that maybe hasn't been filled with a lot of um, trials and tribulations or things right. they've had to overcome, they might be a little less in tune with what they need to do in that moment, and they might look at something and be like, "What do you mean? This isn't that bad." And somebody who's but, aware of how bad it could be, people having that perspective outside of you get what I'm and, saying? Like, yeah, and that's a whole, yeah, how that's do you a, tune yourself without going through those trials and tribulations? Because I've always kind of been a glutton for punishment. I could take advice as a kid and just be like, yeah, whatever. So I'm saying as I get older, people that give me advice, I'm like, I'm going to use that a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, if it's one of those just one offs yeah, as a kid, right, I couldn't right. take advice. I had to go do it myself. I had to break my own arm, you know, mountain biking, this, and that had to do those things. And right. then I got to a stage where I was like, whoa, whoa, like, I'm about self-preservation here and I'm about like, you know, extending my life and then shortening it. So I want to take that information. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I know, you know, we keep kind of calling it being like in tune with the energy and all that sort of stuff. And that is it. And I think another way to say it is honestly, it's just self-awareness. There you go. And that's another thing is like there you go. anybody we could, again, line up a hundred people in here and I bet 97 of them would say I'm pretty self-aware again. What level of self-awareness though? Yeah. Cause right. a lot of people are self-aware in the sense of like, Oh, yeah, I went shopping today and I, that one person looked at me and it was probably because my face looked like this and they just don't know me. But then there's a level of self-awareness of what you're saying is understanding that your experience might not always be the same as someone else's, but oh, there's yeah. still something that connects that you. That lady wasn't thinking yeah. about you. They weren't thinking about me. And even yeah. if they looked at me in a weird way, <laughs> that's okay they and it weren't. doesn't matter because yeah. I know who I am. I know right. where I'm and. 100%. Maybe, and that didn't mean anything bad. That didn't mean anything wrong. In the same way that a self-aware person can walk into a room and look at a good or a bad situation or feel that negative or positive energy or whatever it is and be self-aware enough to understand how does this affect me, but how is it affecting everybody else in this room? I, in, ter- I, in a weird way, right. and there's probably another way to say this that I'm just not smart enough to describe it as, but I think self-awareness is actually more selflessness than it is anything else. Because self-awareness, yes, we are aware of self, right? We know how I feel, how I'm perceived. Oh, if I do this thing, this will probably make these people think of me in this way. Or, oh, if I can help in this way, whatever it is. But I also think that self-awareness relates directly to how do we impact the people around us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in, in turn, it is a version of selflessness. I'm self-aware enough to know that if this person's having a bad day, what can I do to maybe be a positive part of their day? 
or be there to listen to them about their bad day. You know it's what like I mean? You're it's like you're trying to m- balance that homeostasis between I feel mm-hmm. great and I can see somebody doesn't. I want to get this to. Yep. Exactly. You, exactly. Find the harmony within all of that. But also I think what's interesting about that is if you don't balance that well enough, you can deplete yourself. And that's so and, and that I Your love energy you, can get sucked. Yep. I love that you brought that up because mm. I one hundred percent have experienced that. It really uh, happens. I, I've yep, experienced that too. a handful of times. And especially in the creative world, not to make this about, you know, all the work we do outside of here, but like you're you're always doing something for somebody else yep. so often, right? That's why we're, we're, we started this show. Right, exactly. Because it's like, man, we need to make something for ourselves that's dope. That's why we make you know, so much cool stuff for everyone else. When we were talking and you were like, hey, what's what what should I call you, right? And I'm like, well, I've labeled it as creative director. And that's, yeah, that you know, fits you perfect. And that is because, not because I want a cool label, but because I do about a hundred different things. Oh, yeah. You're but the reason. Sw- like, your design is great. Thank you, you're yeah. Great, you're great at video. You're an entrepreneur. Like, you know, you're doing podcasting. I would say you're for sure a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, Just thank you. Can't and really put you in a box. Yeah. Right, right. And the reason for that is because I realized I want to be fulfilled from as many different avenues as I possibly can. Yep, I'm with you. Because at the beginning of especially trying to be freelance or trying to be an entrepreneur or whatever. Yep. You're saying yes to everything. You're taking everything oh, on. God. So then I have all this, you know, we have all this creative energy. We have all this, you know, whatever built up in us that we're like, oh, I can't wait to create. Just going to get after we it. We expend it on so many other people's things. And not that that means, it doesn't mean it's going to waste because right. we're learning no, through those learning things. So we much. are creating. Yeah. But it's the fulfillment part. At some point, that fulfillment that you're getting from that thing is going to change. It's going to run out. Oh, dude. And I don't think a lot of people are often good at identifying this will run out at some point. And I think we get so shocked and jarred by when it does end. You know yep. what I mean? When we stop getting that fulfillment from, wait, when I was creating these things, like for me, it's music videos, right? Shot music videos for years. Now, yeah. will I shoot them? Sure, if one pops up. Do I really care about them whatsoever? Honestly, no. Because I don't get the creative fulfillment that I once did. Yeah. And at first, that was jarring. And that's why I say a lot of us get very thrown off by that energy change when we're like, oh, wait, experience that too. This yeah. is the thing that I wanted so bad. Right. And now it doesn't, I'm not getting the result from it anymore. Now I don't feel like I'm getting like that result. Me? I think, I think it's, you. I think it's the computer. I keep seeing notifications oh, pop up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me. I'd say I, um, I shut down everything. I was going to say I can identify. I was yeah. playing music a couple of years ago. All original, going to the studio, writing, recording, spending quite a few thousands of dollars. Always in my mind thought, hey, I'm a musician. If you talk to me and I was doing whatever job, whether I was a nurse or this, yeah, I'm a musician. In my head, that's what I walked around feeling like, right? And you were. But then when I tried to do it and it didn't happen to turn out to say I'm touring the world or that's my income stream or whatever. However you want to say. That, yeah. It didn't actualize it, in that form. The bills. Mm-hmm. That was a weird crux for me. Yeah. I was like. My identity shot in my head, not what other people could see internally. It was like, oh, I've always scaled myself out this way internally and thought this was just how it was going to work out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and Pie in the sky thoughts. No, 100%. Just and, internal. And, and there's nothing wrong with us going through these different phases. And that's a thing that right. I think no, a lot of people get. trip themselves up at. Is it was they just think, eye-opening. They, they think that we're you know kind of supposed to like – I do this thing and then that's it and it's going to be awesome and the ups and downs within that, that's all I'm going to handle. And it's like, I think there's so much power in allowing ourselves to experience. Because you change and you evolve. As you so go on. You're your interests, all the time. Exactly. If so, you're paying attention, your interests will change. Your core right. 
itself will, you know, obviously continue to level up. But in terms of like, yeah, I mean, there's the things I was into 10 years ago is not what I'm interested in right now. Right. Um, Right. In terms of like, I mean, overall, I think I'm pursuing what I'm passionate about. But it's it's evolved. It's changed a little bit. Change doesn't mean completely different, right? It's yeah, it's it's layered. Exactly. Like, you know, at 13 through whatever age, my guitar playing was this layer and then the next layer was i don't know woodworking whittling the next layer was writing music again like but those layers are still in there but they're not your outermost and i think it's uh, also important like when we can identify each of those layers like this is why i do 100 different things cuz i know i know my core values right i know my intention and purpose in doing those. things yeah but there's different ways that i can feel the uh, uh, feed those right yeah. In the same way that we eat different meals when we're hungry. Right. I think getting energy from different creative outlets or different life outlets, because I don't want to label it as creative and make people think that if they're not doing video production, they're not fulfilling themselves. I think those sort of, there's different plates that you can feed from when it comes to fueling yourself in life. Whatever interest. So it's like, it doesn't have to be a job or a career. It can be a hobby and interest, just hanging out, doing a thing. I think a lot of people shut themselves off to that. And so even taking it back to our original point of it's so easy, you know, it's called burnout, right? Right. Where you can eliminate all the energy from yourself. I think that comes from a lack of really trying to pay attention and, again, being in tune with what are the things that give me energy. And that sounds like such a simple thing. But because it is so simple, it's so easy to overlook because I've done it 100 times, just like you said, just like you said, we've all been there. Yep. Um, and I think that that's where I'm at in life heavily, you know, in the last couple of years, is I've really became in tune with that of that's why I want to do 100 different things. You know, that's why because I know they're going to feed and fulfill me in different ways. And I can identify that. Cool. I need a little bit of all of that. I'm not just going to take it from one place. I'm not just going to go to one right. restaurant every single day because right. I like the food. I should probably go here and here and here and then get this sort of more like diverse diet, yeah. so to speak, when it comes to that energy. Um, but I think that because it is such a simple thing when we're talking about energy, right, even though we don't totally understand it, um, not at all. I think that makes it easier to overlook because it's not just – it's not a thing that you can bottle up and say, take this energy pill – and then all of your, your, you know, you'll be recharged, you'll be recharged, yeah. which, I, yeah, there's some things that are, are promoted as close to that. Yeah. Um, and sure, whether they work or not, you know, I, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of just actual life ways to do that. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to find fulfillment. And let's use the cup analogy, right? You fill your cup up and it's up here. But then when we're doing things, you're dumping a little bit of your cup into all of these different scenarios. That's fun and that's great. You can involve yourself in a bunch of different things, but where I think we get stuck is okay, I dump some of that cup out, but does anything return to that cup? Right. What right. is filling that the, cup the back void up? Now. And it doesn't have to be one big fill up of yeah. that cup. Again, it's a little bit from here, a little yeah. bit from here, a little bit from here. So all of that sort of thing, like, yes, we can talk about the um, use of intentional energy and, and being empathetic and being in tune and all that sort of stuff when we walk into a room. But I also think there's so much value in understanding your energy day to day on a constant stream in your life because, li- listen, there's a, I can sit here on a podcast and be like, I'm in tune with my energy. There are days oh, where psh. I don't want to exist at all. Yep. I will openly yeah. say yep. that, right? I'm sure yep. we all kind of experience that in different ways. But I can also understand 
even if it's super, super hard and doesn't seem possible at all, I'm still going to try and push myself to say, what can I do to add to my cup a little bit? That's a great way to Sometimes put it. just to prove to myself that I can add to the cup because I'm seeing it get really empty. And sometimes that can be just going sitting by a pond or by some water and by yourself in the woods. It and, doesn't. And or or going, going in, in, you know, I, I haven't done a lot of this and I want to more, but even something like grounding. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys are familiar with grounding. Yeah. Go yeah. out, touch the earth. Yeah. yeah. Walk in bare feet through yeah. a park, totally. you know, whatever it is. Like do something like that because, yeah. <laughs> again, put talking about all this. in the dirt. That that's On a natural grass. energy that like yeah you're not gonna walk away being like all oh, my problems are solved. Real but quick, is it, it crazy something. to think if you live in say New York or L.A. or something like that, how difficult it could be to oh, do something as simplistic as grounding? Yeah, no, you I go I to think New York. You're looking for green. Get fried out. Yep. I have literally, I feel like I've either no. read or heard on another show. That's, um, I never, I've never thought of this. People have talked about that though. People, people have literally talked about the point that you're making of like in those, you know, in the concrete jungles, right? Right. It's hard to be in tune with those things. And not that everybody's looking for it. Right. But it is difficult. And there is sort of a noticeable difference of like, oh, man, it's it's almost like the uh, I know this is a very silly comparison to make or a dumb analogy, but it's like Ghostbusters 2. You know, you have the you have the you the, the river of the pink slime. Yeah, they played music to it. They and dances. And they so the Ray sleeping with it, or the, Egon yeah. sleeping with. It. He's but like, you're nuts. The negative it, energy, you? the oh, negative baby. energy that was coming from the city was giving it evil ability. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sure. was fueling um, Vigo. Sure, exactly. Yeah. So then, the and then they figure out, oh, let's make everybody happy, and then it actually it takes it away, it tones it down, and right. that's such a dumb comparison because that's not no, not it's real. A, that's a hundred percent what we're talking about exactly. But it it's does connect to the brilliance of Dan Aykroyd boiled right. down into pink slime. Right, exactly. I love that movie. But it is, but it is that thing, and I do, you know, I think about those things. I mean, even I mean, we live here in Columbus, and yeah, there's a lot of parks. We're not necessarily in a you know a, a city all the time. Yeah. Dude, Park of Roses, man, Whetstone Park. We well, you know down Dan- by the stream. You know Dan Aykroyd that's my wrote happy. a lot of those movies. Oh, like, that's what I said. The bulk yeah. of it, right? Yeah. He's so obsessed with he's, his Crystal Skull Tequila he's Company. Huge into take all it a step the further stuff. though. If he was thinking that deep on it, like well, where his would we family go? Where ran like a negative paranormal. energy could feed it. So it thought, comes from that. Yeah, yeah. Dan I'm Aykroyd's family ran a paranormal oh, bookstore. Yeah. And so he grew up around. <laughs> steeped in the uh, He was obsessed with ghosts and ETs History. and yeah. uh, his, his uh, I think it's tequila company or vodka company. Crystal, crystal Skull a, Vodka. Is a Crystal Skull. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, based off of the, the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull, yeah. Yeah. we got to shoot an event and meet Bill Homan, who's the steward of the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. It's the coolest thing. That's the awesome. actual it's one so that perfect. they made all the movies about, Indiana Jones. It's so perfect. Yeah. And, it's two uh, pieces. The we jaw got is disconnected from. We it. got to sit with it. Um, we that got our cool. pictures taken when we got a crystal skull given to us. This one. Yeah, we'll show. And we'll show you photos afterwards too. Another one, one back phone. there. Please, yeah. Um, but for helping out with the live stream, we were gifted a crystal skull. I was um, tweeting to Dan from, at Dan Aykroyd that day, like, "Hey, crystal skull vodka." <laughs> I was trying to get <laughs> yeah, us like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but right, right. Sorry, I, mean, I wouldn't call Dan Aykroyd bro, but <laughs> hey, you know what, sir, <laughs> sir, sir, sir Aykroyd, please. check out this exquisite crystal skull, please. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But the lady that. Uh, basically, it's named after the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. Mitchell Hedges was a dude that dug this thing up in Belize from a pyramid, and his daughter actually went down and is the one that scooped it up mm-hmm. and got it out of this dig hole. He passed away. She ends up with it for, like, her whole life. Right. So Bill Homan, our friend, 
had been, he's a martial artist and traveler and he does a lot of different things, but he ended up becoming her caretaker and her confidant. So after she had passed, I don't know, maybe a decade now, she basically entrusted Bill with the crystal skull. Yeah. So Bill has this crystal skull. He travels around the world with it. He's like the steward of the skull. Gives yeah. talks and presentations on it. And while we had it sitting there on, he has this um, turntable. Mm-hmm. He puts it on this pad and a little bit of sun was coming through that skull. Oh. And when he picked it up, it there were holes burnt. Burn a hole in the table. Into magnifying it through the, the cushion. Wow. That's how clear the crystal is. Because he told us, he's like, this can't be in the sun at all. We're like, well, we're in the sun. shade. We're good. But it was just that little bit of light coming through the leaves. That is so We're cool. all of a sudden. And it was only for a little time to shoot some photos with it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we got some gnarly. There's he looks weird. Down, he's like, yep, burn a hole in the tapestry. Images that he showed us, that uh, video and pictures that he's shown me. Where and they're all public, like you can find them. Um, he's bigger on Facebook, but where they have like inside the skull, you can. They're doing these what the, he calls crystal skull meditation sessions, where they literally play uh, singing bowls, mm-hmm. and he does like this mantra meditation. And uh, there's some weird stuff that you see in the skull yeah. during these meditations. I'd yeah, like, to do one. like there's yeah. photos of like this you know, energy behind them. That's in like these weird shapes of what looked like faces. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but you know, those have always fascinated me. It's Crystal skulls. Wild. Always, yeah. And How many have they found? I, th- I don't even know. Officially. I think there's like six or seven. There's, yeah. there's, there's 12 in the collection, but some of them have come up to be fakes mm-hmm. or, you know, who really knows? Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. that's a legend way beyond, who knows if that goes because it's is it like Atlantean technology is the theory mm-hmm. because Hewlett Packard in the 1970s said we couldn't carve this today yeah with the technology that we have yep. which is odd I yep. mean the most advanced quartz crystal uh, laboratory in the entire world said that they pretty much didn't have the technology to create it today wouldn't That's, that maybe the, now we do but right right but okay even that and we're gonna let's get say Bill they could the do show, it now uh, let's say they March. could do it now. Has anybody done it? Like to disprove these types of things, right? Like if somebody's saying, "Hey, this crystal skull, you know, skull that Bill Holman has," if somebody's disputing it, well, okay, it's not on me to prove to you that this. It's beyond that now. You have to prove to me that it's not man-made somehow, right? Like right, go yeah, make right. it. If you can make me a quality one that looks just like this, yep. Again, I'll accept it. Cool. Yeah. Albeit, yeah, not in twenty twenty-three versus when it was found in. I don't even know what yeah. date. But his is extraordinary because the bottom jaw becomes disconnected. And, and they found pieces. out. Hewlett Packard found out that it was carved from one piece of crystal. That's wild. The lower removed jaw and the entire head was carved from one crystal. That's and they so really crazy. don't know how the hell they did that. Yep. So uh, it's a really beautiful, I mean, all the legends and the paranormal stuff, you know, claims are that if you sit with this thing for like 30 minutes to an hour, it starts changing your dreams and like, like the the movie. talking to your higher self and you start to like figure yeah. out things yeah. and like weird things start to happen around you. It's like turning on a light. Hmm. Yep. I didn't experience that, but we were also like in do the middle have, of a production. And Do you ever take your crystal and, skull home? 
I've had it at home, yeah, a few different times. And done times. that, like put it on the nightstand or anything? I put it up in my, take... where I have all my plants hmm. and charged it up before I brought it here. That's right in, when we got you it. You might not have seen that one in the office. I might, There's I another might one that we, they... That's the one that I was saying we got gifted. Yeah. Oh, okay. That one was a gift, too. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But we have a crystal one in the office. Okay. Is that smoky quartz? Yeah, smoky, smoky quartz. quartz. That's cool. The okay. Serpent Mound Star Knowledge folks, Terry and Tom... Uh, if you if you ever been to Serpent Mound, there's yeah. a little rock shop in Locust Grove. Mm-hmm. Before you go into the through all the hills to get to Serpent Mound, there's a little rock shop there. Uh, it's stop easy in there next well, time. The sign yeah. yeah, it's a trilobite museum. Okay, and a crystal shop That's with cool. wild amounts of different uh, all kinds of different crystals. But his trilobite is the largest trilobite collection. In the country and maybe the world, I'm not okay. real sure, but it used to be. He's an authority um, on Serpent Mound crystals, uh, trilobites mainly. Yeah, did you is trilobite expert? But it's a cool little place. What's the coolest stuff you learned about Serpent Mounds? Because I I haven't dug into that, but I've always been interested. Of like, okay, does it mean more? Is there more, like what's? Yeah, so there is a paper that was written by William Romain. And he's a pretty main, he's a, he is a mainstream archaeologist, but he has uh, some papers and some different things that he's written about the pathway of the souls. Okay. Which is basically a, a religious belief that Egyptians and Tibetans have, which is basically the book of the dead in this process that when you die, it's not that the Egyptians were obsessed with death. They were ex- obsessed with the spirit moving on into the next plane of existence. Right. And so a lot of those temples are aligned to the sun, the moon, and different constellations. Well, here in Ohio, we have a lot of sites that do that too, weirdly. The base of the Newark uh, Circle is the same base as the Great Pyramid of Giza. The size is exactly the same. I didn't know that. Which is a reference of... Like 32,000, it's, it's a scale of the size of the earth yeah. multiplied on a scale of like 32,000 or probably getting that way wrong. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, they had this in Ohio and um, William Romain talks about basically like, um, you know, the, the constellation, I believe it's Cygnus. Um, as it goes through, if you ever seen at night, the Milky Way galaxy is just a big band up in our sky of just like a solid chunk of light. If you've ever been to like Colorado and you're way up, you can see the, the band of the Milky Way. So that's the, the soul travels through this river. And that's the, the path of the souls, essentially. And so my kooky kind of woo-woo theory of all these years to be quite honest, is that it's some sort of machine for consciousness and growth. And because there's so many different mathematical principles and, you know, just experiences of being out there and talking to, you know, elders and, and uh, having friends that have had experiences in visiting there a ton, I just don't see what else it could be. There's something to do with, like, it's a circuitry. Yeah. The earthworks, the mounds, the orientation of all these things. When you look at it from above, some of these things look like a circuit board, mm-hmm. which is odd. And they have that Nazca and, you know, the, the henges in Europe, Stonehenge and the wood henges and how those are kind of arranged. Yep. Um, it, it's some sort of, um, you know, if turned on and used properly, I think it's some kind of thing for 
like spiritual evolution of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ross Hamilton, he's a guy in uh, near Cincinnati that has theories about uh, it being part of this culture that used these sites to essentially like grow massive vegetables and sort of moving this energy from these earthworks, which there used to be 10,000 mounds and earthworks just in Ohio. The Ohio River Valley is, was just filled with them. And they were everywhere, especially up and down the rivers. So the river being kind of like the blood of the the water, being able to move this energy, the sites. So he has this really kind of poetic theory of it's almost like bottling up this mana, that yeah. they were capturing this mana using these sites and then using that energy to build the their culture and these you know, these people potentially grew very large in size. Wasn't there water running under the pyramids too? Under the to pyramids. Energy? So if they're yeah, building these so sites next the to Nile the rivers. used yeah. to run right up to the, pyra- the Great Pyramid. The Nile has shifted. But I'm saying over here A little too. over a mile. Maybe they're pulling that energy from that They're waterway. all by rivers. Yeah. yeah. And streams. Yeah. It's really Mostly. interesting. The Ohio River, the Scioto River, the Great Miami, the Little Miami, uh, the Wabash where we're from had earthworks I mean, that, structures on both sides of the river in some cases. Free-flowing energy. Right. Um, Water is. But I tend to lean towards those f- just uh, – it's just fun to think about. For sure. You cannot prove any of – which yeah. is like some kind of science where it's spiritual science is kind of how I like to look at those things. Like how did they build the pyramids? Was it some kind of sound technology? Resonance frequency maybe? Where it's some kind of technology that we see as impossible. Yeah. But we just don't understand it with current understanding of physics, and I'm no genius. It's just things I like to think about. Yeah. If we can't build them or we don't understand how the geometry is so precise, how did they get these alignments like the Great Octagon in Newark, Ohio, to become an 18.6-year lunar calendar? That means someone had to sit there for 18.6 years and track the whole phase of the moon. Mm-hmm. The phase of the sun is 365 days. The phase of the moon is 18.6 years. There's only a f- few cultures that ever figured that out. And, and they were it. right here in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very that. advanced. I didn't know that. Very so advanced. Cool. In the geometry, there's phi. There's principles that were supposed to be discovered in ancient Greece that they were doing here. That's a long play. <laughs> geometry, like really advanced geometry. Yeah. And, and and a lot of those guys really focused on the, like the archaeoastronomy, Ross Hamilton and Jeffrey Wilson, who we just had on the show. Um, but uh, there's something to uh, Ohio being this kind of like place where a lot of people come from that are in creative endeavors or start successful businesses. It is really weird. Yeah, People from yeah. Ohio tend to move out and do a lot of interesting things and crazy things. Maybe they don't stay here, mm-hmm. um, but they get I charged up and they shoot out. Like, right, and I just think it's because of those earthworks and mounds and all that really advanced stuff that was here. Well, that's I mean, it's kind of going back to a lot of what we talked about at the beginning of this yeah. episode, right? It's the energy thing. Right, there, there's a lot of ways that we can be in tune with ourselves and the earth and all that sort of stuff. So. That's they were just goes. tuning that into a level where it's as above, so below. Mm-hmm. So they're literally creating heaven on earth, which, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, they were obsessed with the moon a lot here in Ohio. Most cultures, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Egyptians, they were all obsessed with the sun. 
Now, there were solar alignments at Serpent Mound, but it has lunar alignments, solar alignments, planetaries. So it's literally there's nothing like it in the world almost because of all the different alignments and things that it was tracking with just one site. Yeah. Some of them, most temples are, this is a solar temple. This is a lunar temple. And see, you know, what's interesting about like, you know, talking about all these sites, like that's where my head goes most of the time with stuff like this is I'm like, I look at it in both ways. I feel like with everything, I'm very like 50, 50, right. I'm like, I totally believe that like the weirdness and wildness of that is totally possible. And there's a good chance that that's what's happening. And, but then the other 50% of me is like, and Your then logical logically, brain is like, logically, this no, is, but I think that's that that, just a snake. That's a good way it, to come in though. You have to be balanced. You but can't it, come in all the way believing or you'll believe everything. It's yep. based off of everything that we've already been saying though. Yep. Just right. like being in tune with ourselves and our energy and all this sort of stuff. We are both using the magical side and the logical side yeah. and using those in harmony. Yes. So right. it goes exactly with what you guys were talking about with the whole like idea and theory of like, all right, if they're building all these mounds and these structures alongside rivers, of course they're going to build them alongside rivers because yes, they need to water their crops and simple things like that. All those yes. sort of things that we already know from history of like yep. yes, there's ports that are built and there's ships that come in and out, but whatever it is, right. logically we know that. But the part that we don't totally understand or have a grasp on that we've uncovered is okay. What is maybe the energy source of this? Why are we? Why not just build something beside the river and call it a day? Why are we making right. it into something more? Do it next to a lake. And I well, think that you that's, know, that's the radio frequencies part. skip off lakes, and you can get a longer transmission if it's if you're sending a radio signal. It skips over the water. Yeah, there's less there to so, block it. So yeah. you know the circuitry. And like I said, I don't know. For me, it's just really fun to imagine that civilization. If they, it's like a comic book, like something, like there really has to be some kind of a comic book created, about, like just to visualize what this civilization could have looked like. You right. know what I mean? That's it's, a good point. The people are large potentially. I mean, they found giant skeletons in, in mounds and mm-hmm. uh, bones all throughout the Midwest and all over America. It's been written about, we've talked about this at nauseum on this show, but, um, you know, there's just a lot of, why don't we know more? About these incredible, like you said, like I didn't know about history. I didn't know about any of that. Yeah, no one yeah. does. No, I, yeah. I know we've of the lived serpent here mountain, that's it. our, our like whole life. Yep, it's whitewashed. And that's the frustrating thing. It's but, here. Yeah. It is. Here's the label. Here's the sticker. Read it. There's nothing it's more to it. Don't dig any deeper. Yeah, and yeah. that just doesn't work for some people, right. and quite right. a few people now. I would say more than ever are. I, I would say are aware and are looking at things a lot differently than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. And this is from family and friends that I know personally that are kind of like have said that personally, right? Like, um, and so, you know, it's happening on a bigger scale. Um, yeah. one of the meters that I usually use is, uh, my wife, because in certain situations I'm ahead of her quite a bit mm-hmm. in timeline of where I've thought of something. And I'm like, right, right. I can see the writing on the wall. I'm already there. Mm-hmm. And I notice other people that are at that moment and then later she'll be, you know yeah, what, yeah, yeah. a year ago or six months ago, you know, and don't get me wrong, she's right about a lot of stuff. Right, right. Quite a bit of stuff. But there are certain things that she doesn't have that ability to predict until it's like mm-hmm. that wave is already up and people are riding it and she's like, all right, I'm, she gets ahead of something. But what I'm saying mostly is you see that happening now, right? Yeah. Where people are just kind of like more open to the conversations, more thoughtful about it, more, yeah, that doesn't kind of make sense. And again, like we grew up with history of Ohio. I don't, I don't, 
I've never heard of 99% of the history of Ohio. Yeah, same. 100%. There's tons of it here. Nope, just we yep. went to the Wright Brothers Museum in Dayton, right? Like down to um, Carillon Park. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to that. I haven't been there. That's kind of cool, right? So you see certain aspects of it. But, I mean, you talk about this. You could also talk about the fact that nobody knows who Tesla is until somebody makes a car company about it, right? Right. And they're like, right. who is Tesla? Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. heard that name growing up. Yep. Never read about that name in any you know history book in school. There was no project. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It was just. Yeah. And it's weird because he's a big part of that history line, right? That just. Yeah, when I think it, kind it of is, excluded, it is that awareness that you're talking about. And of course, you know, there's, there's we could insert any X example into yeah. this, right? People are are becoming a lot more aware of a lot of things, and you know, just like you know, marketing doesn't work the way it used to, sales no. doesn't work the way it used to. No, and I think that, that is points. coming from a place of everybody is kind of like not some like mass crazy wake up sort of thing. Not to make it about that, but I do no, think no. that it's just people becoming more in tune with things and well, realizing an like there's there's more history to things. There's yeah. more reason behind things. Yeah. I think for a long time, everything just got settled into um, it's it's this or it's that. It's this yeah. side or it's that side. It's just everything was just so black and white. And I think now a lot of people are starting to more so live in that gray area and be comfortable in the gray area. Yeah. It's not a confusing gray area. It's a, hey, I'm open to that. But I'm right. also doing my thing, but I'm also open to that. And I'm also like... I think that's where a lot of this comes down to. Like, that's where I feel like I live with a lot of this stuff is I'm like, I'm okay with not knowing. I want to know. Sure. sure. Like the curiosity is there. That's not what I mean. But like the, I don't have to know the perfect answer to this thing. I know I'll figure it out in the way that I need, or I'll learn it the way that I need or whatever. Right. Um, And I think that at a larger scale, a lot of people are looking at these things. And that's why like, and yes, the internet, you know, has effectively kind of made the world smaller. Everything is connected now. We can find out any bit of information that we want at any point in time. Yeah. So there's a lot more research going on. If, if somebody wants to dig into a YouTube rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and all this sort of stuff, they've got every single one oh, that's yeah. ever existed at the tip of their fingers. Yeah. But stories um, can live longer. News can live longer. Events can live yeah. longer. Like if it's just a local happening that only BFE and Minnesota knows about or down in Texas or Florida. If that story doesn't, and to the internet point, I think in this digital age, that's why maybe that is accelerating too. Yep. Because it used to be you had to have the right library that had the book, or you had to have somebody that referenced it to you, or told you. But now you can literally figure out, do anything, and connect so much quicker that I think yeah. those parts of the world are waking up, and you see these groups where it's like, hey, I'm interested in that. There's a bunch of people I can keep that group. You know, I mean, if you look at somebody who you know is is depressed and wants to start to change their life tomorrow. There's a hundred YouTube channels that'll yep. show you meditation skills and mindset skills and all this sort of stuff. There's podcasts that you can dig into. There's there's tons of people that you could jump into and have an instant connection with that yep. can help be of benefit to you. In the same way, all of it can be, you know, a negative Catch benefit me. to sure. you. Because in it's a, a weird way, in kind of to get uh, a little bit of like a, a metaphor analogy here, it's like if we're going back to like the river carrying the energy sort of thing, right? The internet's the new river, and it can carry both good but also bad energy, which is is, a great analogy. Goes into you know the the amount of you know people feeling depressed because of the internet and comparing ourselves and seeing we just got past you know everyone's twenty twenty two highlights, right? And it's like it's kind of sometimes annoying to look at those things. It's hard to get yourself in the mindset of. Oh, yeah, this person is celebrating their wins throughout the year. Yeah. And that is something to celebrate. Absolutely celebrate your wins. But 
man, I'd like, I'd rather connect over the fails also, you know? And so in, in the wrong, and both sides of the coin, to the identify wrong person, with, not right. being able to identify those things, they're just going to beat themselves up. They're going to look at somebody's, even if they just posted their 2022 highlight of all their fun times, instantly they're going to see somebody else's and say, well, that wasn't mine. Pfft, I suck. My life sucks. It's bad. You know, there, there's, you can, instead of feeling good for that person. And I'm not saying everybody does that, yeah, but it's right. super easy, it's easy to have that happen. And so like the internet is kind of like that new river. It's, it's, we've got this constant flow of information at all times, both good and bad, but I don't, to make it a little bit deeper of a thing, I, I don't think us as human beings have caught up to what we're able to do with the internet. Oh, we're on the infancy no, 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 of, we have, we of have not actually being evolved. able to use it no. and not go crazy. Exactly. We're in the baby steps of figuring out how to use it. Yeah. Right, and it's, it's still, still so much up. in its infancy. Yeah. And we're not able to, like, our supercomputer brains are not able to keep up with the constant innovation. Like, human beings just innovate. That's what we do. It's natural for us to make shit. We make things... But we've and, innovated beyond but, our own intelligence. Well, you can go right. to a timeline. Think about this. So high technology. We have iPhones. We have MacBooks. We have computers, these quantum computers and all these things coming out. We decided to go this way with technology. The ancient ancient Egyptians, the, the pre-dynastics that built the Sphinx and the pyramids, their technology went this way. It didn't go into – it was all about – high mathematics almost like using magic and technology right. and yeah. spirituality all together whereas we're pursuing this kind of uh physical we've kind of stripped away the uh, magic this, and this the... uh, material mm-hmm. science this material like we're going to build cooler and cooler stuff and we're yeah. going to and so at some point our civilization maybe uh, will there be kind of a limit to our potential if we don't start like veering towards some of this, you know, technology that Randall Carlson was sure. talking about. That stuff's crazy. Um, that's that's a great video if you haven't seen that. Uh, um, you have to wait. So it's a short, right? It was on the clip. Joe Rogan podcast, and then yeah, somebody yeah. made a. We'll watch it after. A clip, it's pretty great. Uh, but basically, Randall Carlson kind of let the cat out of the bag um, about this technology that is from the ancients is kind of how he described it Mm -hmm. of this ancient technology that was used to build all these amazing pyramids and insights all over the world that now that these patents are in place, they can start talking about some of this stuff. Right. And there's a a Mi'kmaq elder from Maine that we've had many conversations with that talks about these type of, of technologies and, and, and what, you know, there's different groups working on, the government included um, these and we'll see exactly, you know, what uh, and hopefully in the next year, exactly what this is, is based off. It seems to be sound technology, okay. resonant frequency technology Yeah, in the harmonizing of basically like that table, uh, a big a giant frequency. rock. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tune to that frequency with these devices and once that frequency resonates with the object then you can levitate you can power things you can that makes sense yeah it, okay okay right? so it's not that far abstract yeah no far, right, right? Uh, just you explaining it, i'm like oh okay right like, yeah i haven't seen it and i don't really understand it but i do understand what you're saying and i can see how that's possible Kinda like makes sense yeah yeah well that's always like that's the fun thing again about any of this it's always like open mind uh, anything like Totally be possible because like, but not a skeptic. Yeah, is... and and because I think we're, 
you know, obviously we're talking a lot about like this energy thing and being in tune and all that sort of stuff. And I think at a larger scale, like something that I always think about is every single day there could be something that happens that actually changes everything that we know that we can't see and can't comprehend. Like, and by that, I mean, there could be something that happens out in the solar system, out in the universe or here on earth or whatever, something weird could happen. But if we have no comprehension of it, if you haven't experienced it, we, we don't it's know not that it's real. We don't know you. that it's happening. Like, right. you know, and, and not to like trail us off even like, cause we can stay well, on this point. I but think like, we're getting to something here. Well, but. I think, you know, it's like even the idea of like parallel dimensions and stuff like that. If that exists, I don't know if we can actually comprehend like whether, do we slip into a, a new one? Like when something weird happens, is it just like, oh, I've these things have merged? And, these, and it's people like slipping into time slips. Right. And it's like that stuff fascinates me and it's, and it's so fun to think about. But then, and I think about it again and just on a more like practical level. If some of the if something happened, who's to say that like we we don't know what we can comprehend. It's we're like we're already uh, on a split of a timeline right now, probably. And, and like, what's the, uh, you know, it's the worm analogy, right? When you are walking outside on the sidewalk and a worm is on the sidewalk, you can walk by that as an intelligent creature and you can look at that worm and say, that's a worm and look what it's doing, all the worm stuff. Anyway, I'm going to go get Chipotle and drive home. Right. Yep. But that worm <laughs> has no concept that you of are there. you. That worm has no concept that you are this ultra intelligent being that could kill the worm, that could take the worm home and keep it as a pet, that could put it in the grass and save it. That It has no concept that you're going home to eat lunch and stream things on Netflix. It right. doesn't know you exist whatsoever. It has no idea. You're actually not there to it, really. Exactly. You don't actually exist. And so ever since I heard that years and years ago of the worm analogy, who's to say that we can't be the worm to other things? Wow, fair we, enough. We, because that worm, we look at it and we're like, that's a stupid worm. That's an insect. It does, uh, look at that ladybug. Look at that whatever. We have, it's, it's so dumb. In its world, it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Yes, they don't have the intelligence of humans. We're not right. spe- they're not speaking. They don't have worm societies, all that sort of stuff, as far as we know. Um, right. But, you know, it's like, yes, there's those differences. But to it, it's doing and existing exactly as it needs to do and exist, just like we are. So it's like taking that. It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're the worm in our situation. We're just as intelligent and just as understanding and just as in tune with things as we need to be. That doesn't mean that just because we can't comprehend something outside of that, that it doesn't exist. Oh, sure. That's why I'm open to all of this well, stuff. We and don't I'm have like, scientific right. tools to measure a ghost, a demon, a some sort of plasmoid creature or, right. you know, these. Uh, or even like, the energies that we've been talking about. Yeah. Like, yes, there's ways to kind of capture some things, but there's no... There's not a hundred percent scientific right. proof that says you got hey, electromagnetic field detectors and, and you know yes, d- yes. some of those things and and there's lidar now there's uh, ground penetrating radar there's all these like we're getting damn close to being able to detect some of these things I think and 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 with just the the UAPs and all the stuff coming out about you know everyone's been telling us forever that you know nothing to see here UFOs extraterrestrial life you know this is all yeah. hogwash you guys are tinfoil hat wearing weirdos and now they're like hey here's and now some it's documents like, yeah, yeah Commander Fravers just on it. everywhere on every podcast ever talking about it right right and it's just like oh yeah by the way we've known and there's been these programs well no crap yeah do you yeah. think we don't know. And I'd say the public at large. And disclosure, like supposedly Randall Carlson was talking about in 2023, is going to be an even bigger year of disclosure. 
that there's even more stuff. Good. Let's the Pentagon's get this party started. Releasing. Accelerate. And it's been, I think it's been a slow feed mm-hmm. since December. Uh, what was it? I've right watched before all the Thanksgiving, um, the New York Times wrote an article in 2017 about the uh, ATIP program. And that was 2017, right before Thanksgiving. So, like, nobody really – like, disclosure kind of happened in that moment. Yeah. Or maybe it was 18. I can't remember. But it, it was just like, uh, yeah, well, didn't we already kind of – no, you people were telling, calling me a weirdo right, for right. my whole life because I believed in UFOs and aliens. Yeah, of course. And now it's of like, course. oh, Johnny well, come duh, of course. It's yeah. just like disclosure kind of happened underneath our nose. Yeah. Uh, but 2023, I hear I'm gonna keep the ear to the ground with a lot of this stuff with our, oh, yeah. our strange happenings. Oh yeah, uh, little pilot. We we're just watching the news, kinda, seeing the articles, just, yeah, talking yeah. about just like them. what's weird out there that's happening current. Absolutely, just to and, keep our eyes and ears open. Um, but you know, talking about experiencing things, uh, we were chatting uh, the last few days about leading up to this episode and i know Mm -hmm. you know there's experiences that you've had yeah and those experiences like you said if you wouldn't have been there in that moment would that have would you believe something right right until you've experienced it yourself yeah gotta be there exactly and yeah that's, that's the hard thing when you look at so many of these things and it's like Oh, well, it's in, obviously now we have phones, which make, you know, everything possible to capture. But, you know, somehow every, you know, Bigfoot's just running around still blurry. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and then but then you blurry also have you know, people out. like me that can throw a UFO in a photo or video if right. they want and be like, hey, this is. Look oh, at yeah. This, guys, yeah. I'm just professional. Fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like it's it's possible. Right. Um, but it makes it all it does make it more difficult. And it's funny about the experience thing, because um, you know, I, I like feel like I'm. I'm walking around just like open and ready. Like, would mm-hmm. I be terrified to really encounter something crazy? Like I'd be so scared. Or see a big UFO land in front of you. But I'd be so excited at the same time. Yeah. That anxiety. It's the anxiety, right? Taking it back to that. You would I'd settle in. I'd be like, oh, God, this is terrifying, Like, but also so cool. And, you know, the thing is with all of that, it's like I walk around being welcoming of all of those things. And I have experienced nothing other than one thing. And it's the weirdest thing that makes zero sense at all. And I can't tie it to like, like my experience isn't, oh yeah, when I was seven in the woods, I saw a big hairy creature and it was really strange linked to Bigfoot, you know, or, oh, I saw a bright light in the sky land in my neighbor's backyard. Like there's no tangible thing that I can compare it to. And when I think back to it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, um, it's not like a weird dream that I had because I also don't think it would have stuck with me as real as it has. Uh-huh, like right, I remember uh-huh. being there and yeah. experiencing it, seeing it. So uh, before I jump into that story, like that's, that's sort of the weird thing is like I sit and just like we've talked this entire time, I'm so open to all these things. I love all the strange and weird stuff. I would love to see a UFO, a cryptid, a, oh, a, yeah. a whatever. A go- I would love to ha- – Safely. Safely, yes. Would I, I be terrified yeah. if a ghost showed up in my apartment? I would be so scared every night. But I'd be like, oh, there's a ghost in my apartment. <laughs> like, same time. Um, but it's like I'm, I'm welcoming of all of those things. But I've never actually experienced literally anything. Um, wanted to, tried to. You know, I see a shooting star and I'm like, maybe that was a UFO. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Like, just never happened. But there's one story. Do you want me to tell the story? Yeah. Or do you want to say, okay. Yeah, that's, that's um So... Again, the strangest, most nonsensical thing, and I've only shared this on um, one other show, which was more of like a 
secret show project that I was doing with somebody that it hasn't been released yet. Okay. Uh, so I don't really think it matters, obviously. Okay. Um, I don't know when it's going to come out, to be honest. I okay. can tell you about it off the, off the air. Um, it's not like some top secret thing, but you know, <laughs> I just, I don't want to give the details away. Um, so I shared this story there, but like, so basically the thing is, uh, this happened back in like mid to late nineties. So I'm anywhere from like seven to 10 years old, so- somewhere in that range. Right. Yeah. And, uh, some, it was at my grandma's house one night and she lived right on the outskirts of the small town that I'm from. Yeah. And by that, I don't mean like secluded out in the woods, like really scary area. It was a neighborhood kind of tucked up on this nice little quaint hill right on the outside of town. Yeah. And um, so myself and kind of immediate family members are all there at grandma's house hanging out that night. And of course, I'm just kid. I'm playing in the living room, laying in there, watching TV, drawing whatever I was doing. Um, and all the adults are you know, sitting in the dining room. Uh, you know, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes. Um, that's what you did in the late 90s. You yeah. smoked oh, cigarettes yeah. inside. Oh, right? yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they're all doing their thing, whatever. And they actually, at one point in time, um, they would always, like, if they if they decided to not smoke inside, um, which I'm not trying to, like, make it sound like they did all the time. Um, but, like, you know, they would go out on the front porch. Like, that was kind of, like, the thing. It's like, oh, yeah. family trip to the front porch because they're going to smoke, right? Yeah. Right. And, you know, when you were a kid, you got to go outside with the adults and play a little bit in the dark. And, oh, my gosh, it's so fun. Keep smoking that cigarette so I can play. Yeah. And so I remember sitting in the living room. And I, I distinctly remember, like, the visuals are still locked in my head, which is why I'm, well, why I'm like, there's no way a dream just stuck with me like this. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so I distinctly remember I'm playing in the living room and I'm drawing. And I see, you know, I think it was like my my grandma, my mom, and I th- uh, my two sets of my aunt, aunt and uncle, right? And um, so a couple of them go out on the front porch. I think it was like my aunt and my mom, maybe first, go out on the front porch to start smoking or whatever. And then a couple moments go by. And like the way that the house was set up is like, you know, the living room was like right beside the front door. There was like kind of this little like hall that the living room was connected to. And through the doorway, I keep seeing one adult gradually comes in and grabs another one. And then those, they go out. And then another adult comes in and grabs somebody else. And they, it's like they're, they keep kind of coming in yeah. and getting someone else to like, hey, come out here and look at this. Right, right. And so, of course, as a kid, you're like, one, all the Not adults are going outside. Not trying to raise suspicion or like cause a, for everyone to go rush outside. They're being kind of low-key. Yeah, it was like, hey, come look. Are we, are we insane? Come look at this. I don't know. And, of course, after a while, that catches my attention, you know, yeah, my sure. child brain. Yeah, and I'm like, like, why is everyone happening? going outside? Yeah. What's going on? And so eventually what ends up happening is the entire – the whole family ends up outside on the front porch. And what happens – this is where it gets completely illogical. We go out on the front porch, and I literally in my mind right now can picture it exactly like it happened if it happened yesterday. We're standing out on the porch – and what the adults are saying is because they're even asking me too. They're like, "Do you do you see this?" And what they were asking is, they said, "Does it look like the moon is moving to you?" Hmm. And so we're like standing on the porch, and of course I look up, and I'm not joking. I literally see, you know, if this is the moon right here, it is doing this, and then it would go down a little bit. And not like a major UFO move, sure, right? Sure. Like a light like, in the sky like, is going like this. But it's yeah. definitely moving. A hundred percent. It is burned in my brain. Vibrating. It is like shaking and like jolting a little bit. Like not glitching like it was going in and out, but kind of like glitching sideways. Jostling around. And then it would like stop a little bit. And then it would like move slightly. 
and like shake a little bit more. And like it was again, it didn't like all of a sudden take off flying like it yeah, was yeah. some crazy thing. But like I distinctly remember standing there with everybody and hearing all the adults sitting and saying like, there's no way. D- does it look like the moon is moving? But to it you? Like, was the moon. It was the moon. Okay. That's, I was that's just always been the say, thing of like, was yeah, the moon over here was and it was it a bright star a different... or a ship, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it was the moon. There was not like, a, at least again, from my child memory, that's the hard thing about this story, right? Is like you're thinking back to a childhood memory. But I've never lost but the memory of this night. All the adults. All the We're adults seeing it too. are calling it out. That's yeah. like, have you ever talked to them about it? And there, I've tried to bring it up to, I think, like my mom. And I think she... Older very, folks are just like, nah. She's like, what, what are you talking... Nah. She wasn't like, that's stupid. That never happened. She's like, I don't... Yeah, I don't really... I don't know. I, I kind of remember. Like, she, she vaguely remembers us talking about a thing on like the front porch one night, but doesn't remember it the way that I do. I'd say, do you remember who else was out there that started calling so, people out or was really like, hey... The only people I can remember that were there were my mom, my aunt, my grandma, and then um, two uncles, and then another aunt were there. Um, and I, the thing is also, like, they're the type of people who, like, if I brought it up to, they're not going to, like, I, I know them well enough that they're not, like, oh, yeah, let's actually talk about this weird story and weird memory you're having. They're, they're definitely, it was like, significant yeah. to them. I think it's, it's one of those, or like, too strange well, that they I think just it's didn't their, keep they it. just kind of shut down and I bury it's, it. And it's they're a, just like, too strange they didn't they keep it sort it of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, where for some reason it locked into my mind. And I also remember them calling over our neighbors. Like, I, I remember them going in, what? calling my grandma calling her neighbors, who we were super close with. They walk over through the, you know, through our, our driveway or whatever. And they're like, hey, what's going on? And like, will you look? And like, because everyone's kind of laughing about it. Like, of like, what are we seeing? And I, I, I remember, I can see them standing on the edge of the porch. And they're like, this sounds great. Like, do you see, is the moon, does it look like it's shaking to you? And they're like, oh my God. Like, now the flat earth people would say that's the fervor mint, like glitching. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the. Believe, I've been down a lot of rabbit holes this week. Basically, space is fake. The fervor to people. Not okay, a bad yeah, one. Like, that, that may, so yeah, the moon is actually just like a fixed piece of light, a projection. And, that's and so your yeah, story yeah. would play into that theory for some. Which reason. hey, listen, or I'm open to if everything. The moon is hollow. <laughs> I'm open to everything, well, but one of the things moon, I'm not open to when is, they landed on the moon, it run like a bell. I have heard that, and I do love that. I love that idea. That it's a. It's, it's not it a was natural, brought here. It's not a natural well, as like body. almost an, an observation. But how does the moon sort of fit thing? perfectly in front of the sun on a full solar eclipse? Yeah, it's literally the exact distance away that it needs that to be. When it comes in front of the sun, yeah. it's literally perfect. That's I didn't cool. know that. How I is that it possible? Matches the Earth perfectly. Yeah, I don't think about that. An annular solar eclipse. Yeah. I've, I've saw an annual saw an annular solar eclipse in Chaco that's... Canyon in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was this path through America that you could see. This annular solar eclipses are when it's basically a full moon, but there's on the outside is is the light is is coming like around the mm-hmm. moon like a halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's super rare. And in 2012, I was like, huh. This is going to be, I'll be damned. It's going right through Chaco Canyon. And me and my wife's one-year wedding anniversary, we decided that was going to be our trip and yeah. drove out to New Mexico and through with a solar filter telescope, got to watch the whole oh, series cool. with this uh, archaeoastronomer because that's another really advanced um, – uh, there where they were tracking 
solstices and the sun lunar and lining them up with these weird like half moon shaped uh they call them uh pueblos but i mean it's it's pueblo bonito is the big one it's like forty thousand square feet this thing's huge wow and it's got third story wall like there's some of it's like three stories it's all in ruins now but you can hike up this dry waterfall and get up over top when you look down on it it looks like a circuitry that's again same thing yeah kind of with the earthworks there's these uh circular rooms that nobody really knows what they were for. You mm-hmm. just walk in and you can walk around in them. But from up above, you start to see the circles, the half moon, the little, the geometry built into these things. And it just doesn't make sense. Right. You're like, this is something that yeah. we will really never understand. Some people think it's a stargate. Mm-hmm. That you sit in these kivas, they call them, these circular portions of these buildings. And there's a ton of these spread out. Pueblo Bonito is just one. Yeah. And they're all through this canyon. And once you get above them, like Serpent Mound or anything else, you really start to, like, click. They're meant to be seen from above. Yeah. Almost. Right, right. You can't really tell what's going on when you're walking around inside this building. You're like, oh, cool, I'm in a circular room. This is neat, I guess, Till you get up top and you go, oh, circle, circle. And there's this structure, this organizational yep. math that's happening. That's always been so interesting to me. And it's just like, why else. would they go through such trouble mm-hmm. to make these strange buildings? Yeah. What's the purpose? And that's that's the fun thing. Um, like, like thinking about it is like, yeah, because you see people talk about it sometimes. They're like, you know what? What are they really in tune with something, or was everybody just super bored and had all the time they in just, the world? They were obsessed with. I mean, there was no light, so they could look up at the stars. That was the only and show dirt, every and night. And like I said, right, Chaco right. Canyon's the first time I ever saw the Milky Way. Yeah, like legitimately, it's seventy-two thousand feet in elevation. Huh. It's the dry desert, and it's so crystal, crystal clear. clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the high desert, there's just not that moisture. Right, and so you look up, and it, it and the guy told us, he said. Now at nine o'clock, the archaeo astronomer that he's from, he was from Colorado, um, uh, Colorado University, but he built the uh, observatory that's out there. They have a dope observatory okay. where you can see everything. I saw the rings of Saturn for the first time through that big giant telescope. That's so. But cool. he's the dude. We just kind of met him because my wife's Indian, and he and he's like, "Hey, are you Indian?" After his talk, and we were kind of just like wallflowers i was like i want to see this guy's presentation about all the archaeoastronomy in the park that he discovered they had no clue any of these alignments were there oh wow but he went in and discovered all them and spent years and years at chaco canyon with his wife photographing every like kind of like jeff wilson does at serpent mound and ross and all these guys do and built the observatory and everything and he says, uh, you know, hey, are you in? She's like, my wife says, yeah, my father is. Um, I, you know, grew up in America, but my father's from, you know, Docker. He goes, oh, I lived in uh, India for 10 years studying Vedic astronomy. And I just went, whoa, okay, this guy is interesting. So we start talking and, um, and uh, pretty much he was like a, a, a biologist, a um, astrobiologist is what he used to do. Okay. So he said he got really bored with being an astrobiologist and thought he'd give his his hand in archaeoastronomy. So he just got up, took his wife, they moved to India, studied with these Vedics for like 10 years, 
and then came back and started studying ancient sites in America and kind of became the expert on all the alignments at Chaco Canyon, built the observatory out there, the whole nine yards. What a wild transition. So I was just like, I can't believe we're like hanging out. So he invites us the next day to hang out with him at Pueblo Bonito with That's him and awesome. his wife with this. He's like, yeah, I'll have a solar power, solar filtered telescope out there. Um, come on out and you know, you guys can hang out with us. Yeah. And there were these Navajo out there and different, uh, there were different tribes. And when the full annular solar eclipse happened, they let out a belt, the native American, when they like scream and, and I don't want to do it and embarrass myself. Um, but they let out that high pitched squeal, um, it's like a war cry, you yeah. know, and they let that and all those people let that go. And it was just like, talk about energy, dude. Yeah, that would be a cool. And thing to right when it went full annular, they let out this one of the most amazing sounds I've ever heard. That in my, would be so and I'm not going to cool. try to do it, but it's it's, you know, really high pitched in the throat. And they just let it rip through those canyons. And that sound wow. just traveled all through. It's like, whoa. Oh, that sounds so cool. Uh, but talk to him about a lot of interesting things. I mean, for a guy that's been a hardcore mainstream scientist his whole life, yeah. super in tune spiritually. Mm -hmm. You spend enough time out in places like that studying a, the stars and these ancient people. You're, I mean, that's how, honestly, getting into ancient civilizations, how I kind of discovered spirituality and the deeper sides of myself because it's like yeah all this is going on and they had this different way of looking things looking at things and so it kind of you know flows into a lot of the other interesting weird conspiracies paranormal kind of all merges mm -hmm. together when you start looking deeper into like lost civilizations and, yeah yeah and which I, I love that time yeah. from that we just don't have a whole lot of data on and that's again it's you know we can sit and we can talk about the fact that you know we have the internet and we have social media and we have all this information and i think that doesn't mean that we know everything it doesn't mean that we are able to figure everything out it just like the whole the whole universe thing of like, I don't know, we could slip into a parallel dimension and not be aware of it at all because maybe we, we already just, did. Maybe we already did. Maybe we do all the time. Maybe we, you know, cause it, there's just so many different things with that that I'm, again, kind of living in the gray with where I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know, but I'm open to all of it because I'm going to sit and say like, we, we don't know. You know what I mean? We, we don't What if know. it already happened? Exactly. Like, What if they walked away from all these technologies because they slipped into our reality now? And then, well, then you also think about things like um, CERN. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the test Collider. The stuff that they're doing, like, I don't, like, yes, that is beyond my comprehension already that people are colliding atoms and, and oh, doing all this stuff. Edge. Are they ripping open portals? Are they but ripping that's, over that's the open... Thing. And when we say that, like some stranger thing shit. Exactly. When we There's say so that... so many cryptids and, we, and weird we animals it. that people are seeing. Maybe see they come it and like, it, It's we something... We see it in movies and but, we're like, okay, like, yeah. oh, that's... Well, we don't live in Stranger Things universe. We don't live in uh, the Mist movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's just not... And it's like, well, yeah, maybe it's not that chaotic. Yeah. But what are things that could – because, like, what are things that could be happening from us colliding atoms together trying to recreate the Big Bang? Like, trying to reform, like, how a, something is created. Like, what comes from that? Yeah. I don't know that maybe there's a chance that we don't totally understand what that can do. Yeah. We only understand what we're trying to do with it. 
we don't understand the collateral damage or the secondary effect that something we're doing can, can cause, right? It goes back to walking into a room with a good or bad attitude. That's a selfish thing, a selfish decision for good or bad that we're making ourselves. But there's collateral damage that comes with that. You look at somebody the wrong way, you say something in the wrong tone, sure. that might make their day bad. Mm-hmm. So then making that this much larger case scenario of the tests and all this sort of stuff that they're running with CERN and all this sort of things, yeah. who really knows who knows? Every time they collide an atom together, we could go into a slightly different dimension. I think about I'm not that saying stuff all that does happen, but I'm saying maybe, maybe that's why stuff keeps getting weirder and weirder all the time, and all this yeah. chaotic shit keeps happening. And you know, it's like, but yes. what if that also naturally occurs? Right, right. What if what they can do is something that is a phenomenon that we don't understand that naturally occurs as well? Like if that happened, like atoms colliding in the atmosphere from different stars. Who knows, just right? Accelerating. Like neutrinos coming down from the sun, right? Those neutrinos hit before the ray of light and they have yep. these big wells that catch them. Like there's all kinds and of crazy that stuff. That was my point from earlier too is like yes, man-made stuff like CERN and everything, but also we can't comprehend if there's something randomly happening out right. in the universe that we don't just because a planet is not running into another planet doesn't mean mm-hmm. that something just because there's not a comet coming to earth doesn't mean like so it's all these physical things we right. always look at the physical things that we can put physical proof to and right. say right i know that that exists because of this of course but being open to the idea of like i'm not saying for sure that we slip into parallel dimensions all the time i don't know yeah. i couldn't I, I don't have a case where i can sit and be like yeah, I was talking to my friend one day. He had black hair, and the next day he had blonde hair, and he didn't dye it. I don't know what's going on. Never like, had, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no yeah. example, but that's still just something that I'm kind of open to in my mind. Where I'm like, dude, we don't know. We yeah. literally don't know. So to your point, it might not be a man-made thing. There might just be natural occurrences that are making us have collateral damage here on Earth that. We don't understand. It's back to the worm thing. There's something, there could be something in existence or whatever that is beyond our comprehension. Could this um, also play to the seeing the moon moving? Maybe that's just something we don't understand. Maybe and, it happens. And back it's a to glitch. that. Like, and, that's, and, and that's, you know, I, I always think about that. And I'm like, how, how have I, because I've Googled it. I've Googled to like see if stories. Other, stories. other people. I've never, I've never found one other thing about it. Really? Yeah. You know, there's there's stories of like somebody thinking that like the moon is a ship of like oh I think it did this or something, but yeah. there's never something like what I saw, is which there is anyone we can get from your family or your neighbors that used to live by that would be like hey yeah I do remember that and it was really sh-. not saying I, I don't have, believe you but yeah, again it's yeah. always about like corroborating I've, and I've <laughs> wanted to I yeah. have, I have tried to bring and I just don't think that they in care. the same way that I could sit and have a and try to have a conversation with them about um, energies and mindset. They're going to check out. This really? is the exact same thing. So and that's, you're kind of an enigma of your family? For sure. Absolutely okay. black sheep, alien. You like, fit. Hey, welcome to the club. Here we I was go. About to say. Here we go. Welcome this to is the Brozen. Yeah. This, yeah. this is why we're sitting here. Um, not to say that they're well, not open to any of this or that sure, I couldn't sure, have sure. a good conversation with but them. It, or oh, yeah, totally. take their interest. It's not that they don't care about something, but they're not. Geared that way, It's, yeah. it's the tune thing, right? They're not going to be in tune with that. Like, yeah. I could sit and I can say to my grandma, do you remember that night we saw the moon move in your porch? Like, I I don't not really, really so. Rossi. And 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 where it's going to go after that isn't necessarily she's gonna be like, that's stupid, I don't care, but it's that's not a thing that's at the top of my mind, and I can't comprehend it further, so I'm not going to dig in more. 
It's like the curiosity about a lot of these things, I think, is where a lot of people stop. It makes me think of the show Lock and Key where the one guy has no memories and every time they do magic, he can't remember it because they've literally bottled him up and like buried they, him. Yeah. And so he can't remember magic. He can see it done in front of him. And five seconds later, he's like, who wants waffles? Like, yes, it's just yeah. like, and now, gone. Yeah. And that's that's the funny thing. So there is a second part to that story. Oh, that we hello. Got okay. Um, and this is the part the that, that makes this uh, <laughs> even even wilder, right? I have logic to this entire story. I have tried to put logic to it, uh, which I think is a, is a pretty good answer. Um, but it's still fun. It's still a fun story, right? But so the last half of that story is a couple days later, some guys visit my grandma's house. Now, of course, in hindsight, you can put two and two together and you can be like, this a men in black. I was going to just is this a, And I do remember them being dressed very distinctly, like a very like specifically more so is the right word. Um, I couldn't tell you if like they were pale skin, no eyebrows, blah, blah, blah. Like I can't give you those descriptors, but I do remember at least two guys showing up to the house. I the have next the, day. I don't know if it was the next day or a couple days later, but it was in... Close enough in proximity to the memory. Yeah. So yeah, it's... Yes. Okay. So gotcha. it, it's close enough that I'm putting them together, yep, yep. Right, whether sure. correctly or incorrectly. No, right? no. No, that, that's... That um, works. And I remember them sitting with... Either it was just my grandma or the, the whatever adult, maybe my grandma, my mom or something, sitting in the dining room table. This was during the day. Um, and they sit and they had this conversation. I don't really hear the conversation. I don't know what's going on. I'm just being a kid. And I'm like, oh, adults are talking to other adults, whatever. Um, but I remember, talk about the energy thing, I remember there being a, just a weird aura about mm -hmm. this visit. It didn't seem like it was, hmm. oh, here's some neighbors from town coming in to visit. It was like this very weird, like, oh, like the adults need to talk yeah. sort of thing, right? And um, the only memory I have is one of them offering me a sucker. Like, you remember those old 90s suckers, yep. you know, sort of things? Um, I remember as they were leaving, one of them gave me one of those. Again, I don't really remember what their faces looked like or anything. Um, and I remember them giving me a sucker and saying something along the, t along the lines of, like, you're, you're really well behaved or something like that, right? Um, because I just sat in the living room by myself and was probably out of their way. So they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about that guy. Yeah. Like he's, he's just doing his thing. He's six years old, whatever. Um, and then I remember my mom and grandma not letting me eat the sucker. Hmm. I remember them distinctly because I, I vaguely remember kind of throwing a fit. And then wondering. them getting getting me something in replace. I'm like, oh, let's go get some cookies. Let's go get some ice cream. Let's, you know, whatever. And then that's that's just kind of where it ends. So... Moon, weird moon thing that night, a couple days later, whatever it is, visit from strange dudes. I don't know. Close enough, yeah. Have, have a conversation, weird vibes about it. And now, again, I'm now almost 30 having these memories. So, yes, it can all be muddied up. It can all be strange and whatever. Now, so that's, that's essentially, that's the last half of that story. Do you want to hear my debunking for it? Yes. I have a couple questions. Yeah. Do you want to do questions? Do you mind if for, I do those real yes, quick? Yes, let's do those. So, yeah, that, before, I before I just drown it in logic. <laughs> Have you ever discussed this portion with your mother? This is a part we've never gotten to. Because I, I essentially stop at, hey, do you remember, remember the moon. this weird thing <laughs> where the, do you remember this at all? And then when they're like, oh, whatever, I'm like, oh, okay. But it might help jog their memory. It definitely, it to could. To throw right. the two together. Because I'm telling you right now, my mom would get tired of hearing me ask the question. Right, yeah. right. Like yes. I would beat that door down. Yeah. Because yes. that's that's kind of bizarre. I'd yeah. say more than kind of bizarre. 
Especially if you say you grew up in a smaller town, you probably knew everybody. Mm-hmm. So you definitely didn't know these guys. N- didn't recognize them I do, it, at it's, all. It's not like, oh, there's Uncle Jerry and Larry yeah. coming over to, you know. It's by, this. by distinct. When what you were said they, they wearing? Were distinct. That's what I was getting. Yeah. The only thing I can remember suits. is like dark outfits. And I don't know if they were like jumpsuits or suits. Okay. Like I two don't guys remember back like back in that day though, rolling around in jumpsuits to come up to talk to two ladies. I don't. I got so suits. Yeah, I'm saying I, men in black, bro. So that's that's where like the the fun part of my brain goes. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm done. Like, Go ahead. That's 100 percent accurate. Like that's why it's fun to share that story on on this show and all that sort of stuff. You go for it. I'm ready. Where my logic brain goes is um, what is it? Carbon monoxide poisoning that can cause hallucinations yeah. in groups. Yeah, totally. My logic Definitely brain can. goes to there was a carbon monoxide leak in the house. So it's causing us all to see something like, oh, we're, we're freaking out. Mm. We're seeing the moon shake. Yeah. It's messing with our vision a little bit. But what about the neighbors? People to come and fix it. Well, well yes. They the neighbors, the that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Unless there was um, a carbon monoxide leak unless in the, the Yes, unless there's like a leak or something. Natural gas leak in the ground. I don't know. Something. I'll go there with you. Um, but that's where my head goes. It's like we, we have this group hallucination. And then the people that visited later on are just dudes coming in to talk to them about hey there was a gas leak we need to fucking come in and fix this stuff yeah 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 and to me they're just these weird guys in suits and i don't recognize them because they're these people from whatever government team comes in to fix gas leaks or something and it's just weird and strange and my brain has misconstrued it as a stranger thing because that sounds more fun so that's where i'm at with it is like if you're asking, like, if this were like a show all about debunking things, and you'd be like, "Okay, bro, what's the real answer?" I'd be like, <laughs> eh, "I'm gonna go with carbon monoxide poisoning. There was a gas leak or sure. something. We hallucinated, and some workers showed up a couple days later, and I thought it was weird as a kid. I thought they were the men in black, but really, they were just the gas leak repairmen. They, they were the gas guys who just downed a <laughs> burger been. in their car. Yeah. But also, Seems. the more fun part." Is all the confusing parts again, and I could be misremembering. That's the one thing I'm going to continue to say because whenever I listen to well, fair shows yeah, like yeah, this or watch enough. documentaries, I'm like, all right, what are we really remembering? Eyewitness testimonies are For sure. even sometimes pretty shaky. Every I mean, time you go to a memory, all oh, yeah. you're doing is revisiting that memory and trying to strengthen it. Like, and then it's, from the it's first weaker. memory, it's like telephone in your head exactly. forever on. Exactly, and it's like it's going to be a slightly different version, whether it's something crazy or oh, when I first met that person, what did they say to me? It's yeah. it's always going to change a little bit, yeah. right? But this, again, this is the one thing that's been ingrained in my brain. And, like, if we had, you know, Black Mirror uh, TV right, show elements right. where I could project the thought out Roll for you, back. I could show you the footage, right? I could show you the memory of exactly what it looked like that night. Um, and that's the strange thing is, like, it's fun and weird that it's always stuck with me and that I don't understand it. Again, as an adult, I'm like, what's the logical choice here? But I also don't know. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that's the full story of, and it's it's literally it's almost wild. almost um, paint by numbers ah. weird paranormal experience, right? It's see something <laughs> yeah, strange. That's great. Paint by numbers. Great. It's it's see paint something number, strange. Paranormal. Yeah. And then a couple days later, get get met by men in black. I who mean, are that's like, a John Keel experience. You yep. didn't you yep, didn't sure see is. anything or hey, so. let's wipe the let's wipe the memories and leave the kid because there's no way he's gonna remember this I anyway. Almost yeah. asked you that was there an eye exam. Little <laughs> not, flash not that in I the remember. kitchen, and that would have been definitely a man in black. There was some. I think it was a men in black encounter. Do you remember the car? 
I don't remember the car at all. At all? Nope. Probably. I mean, that's I don't even know if I one. saw it. I don't even know if I like. Who was talking up. to the men? Your grandma? Just your grandma? Or was your mom there talking to them? I mainly remember my grandma because it was her house. She let them in. She went out and opened the. Who opened the door and uh, let them in? Or I did. He might not even been there when they the, came up to the door. I don't remember that. I feel like. All of that probably would have been my grandma, no matter what. Yeah. It being her house. Her house. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'll answer the door because we're not expecting anybody. Exactly. Right, right. I will talk to the guys and cool. Right. right. You know, my mom is just either Sounds keeping her right. distance and or kind of being the secondary adult there, but also like watching, making She's sure I'm not up. causing sure you're chaos good. and living yeah. there, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's my only memory of that is like, I'm pretty sure both of them were there, but my grandma was the one that had the conversation with them. Um, and then I feel like it was my mom who took away the sucker at the end. Oh. I think See, that that's the a weird part. Why didn't they well, – just because it came from a stranger, the guy could have had it underneath his car seat. I mean, that's where my head goes with yeah, kids. Yeah, but not it's back like, in that day. Back it. in that – in the and, 90s. In the they, 90s, they, they no one give a damn. No. Yeah, in the 90s. You just leave a key underneath the – like, you're just, like, thrown and, to the wolves I mean, in the if, 90s. If that's if really kind of the strangest part of the whole story. Yeah. Why didn't I get They come in the if they're reputable people that's from the I'm, gas company with a carbon monoxide leak. They came in and told you about your hallucination, (laughs) right, and what happened. So they're helping you. They didn't show up to harm you in the first place. So the sucker would be like, man, you're nice people. You helped us out. We had a group hallucination, and you gave my kid a sucker. But to take that My only practical answer could be is that I'm associating it with the weirdness, but they just didn't want me to have candy at that point. It could could be the classic parent thing. What time of day? afternoon? Probably like afternoon, yeah. Was it nap time? Could have been. I don't know. He was seven. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, that's where my head goes, though. You know what I mean? They could be like, I could be remembering, they didn't want me to have that sucker. It must have been because of the men in black. It must have been men in black They could have been like, the gas company just (laughs) met us, and you need to take a nap. You're not getting a sucker right now. You can have it later. But I just remember, oh, they gave me a sucker, and I can't have it. Did you ever get the sucker later? You know what? That's a good question. Because I'll tell you what. And I don't remember. I would be pretty fixated on that sucker. We need to dig more. Maybe that's what this is really about. That's a killer story. This is about about helping Ross... Find out, figure, work through, yeah. having somebody else to reflect off of your experience. We're, we're trying to help you get to the truth. Brother. Maybe that's the root of why I love talking to people <laughs> and helping people with their lives. I'm just trying to help them find their sucker. You know? <laughs> yeah. Trying to get to the center that's, of the lollipop. Exactly. Dude, right? That's what it is. You're the Tootsie Pop Owl. That's what it is. <laughs> Bro. You're the Tootsie Pop Owl. That's great. Oh, oh man. my goodness. But yeah, that's, you know, every time I think about that story... Um, it's, it can't be necessarily tied to anything. It's easier if it's a UFO story, right? It's easier if, no, no, it wasn't the moon. I saw the moon over here and I saw this flying Mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, cool UFO story. Yeah. Or, hey, we went on the porch and there's this big hairy guy walking across the driveway at the end of it. Oh, it's a Bigfoot story. It's a cryptid story. It's a, you know, whatever. So it's kind of an outlier to you. It's so like, and, and me loving all of strange and weird and paranormal and all that sort of stuff. It'd be, it'd also be different, and I'd feel more confident in the story in a weird way mm-hmm. if there was a bunch of other stories that I'd heard on other podcasts sure. and shows of Yours people being like. Yours is unique. I've never heard that, and I've been, you know, I've heard a lot of. Other than the moon ringing like a bell. That's only yeah, the anecdote that's, yeah. I've heard about the weirdness of it. Maybe that it's, well, I know Will Ferrell said it's made of cheese on that Saturday Night Live, <laughs> but, you know, that it's maybe synthetic and that it rings. But I've never heard, I mean, it would make sense then. And, and what if it's just big Death Star and you know the other big well, thing is it like was a spaceship that was brought here and then put in place to 
kind of yeah, which which is a fun i i love that it's like a in an observatory point. almost yeah. of like, like the death star whatever yeah yeah it's like there might they're be watching. a monitoring beacon it circles the earth all the time right yeah. And it's yeah, and the, ever since I heard that story of, of people when when they landed on it, it, it rang like a hollow, you know, bell or whatever. That's, that's so fun. I yeah. love yeah. that idea. It adds to your um, woo theory about what happened to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, it again, gets credence, not the logical theory. That you right, have. of course. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the weird thing about that story is I I can't tie it to anything. Where even in a fun way. Yeah. I feel like I don't even get to have fun with the story. Yeah. Because it just sort of dead ends. There's yeah. no like yeah. and so anyway, my other UFO story is what about you? Have you seen a ship? Like they're bring it full circle somehow. It's it's just sort of a oh yeah, I think I saw the moon move. It literally the image is ingrained in my brain. Um, and that's all I got. That's wild. And some dudes came to the house a couple days later. Could have been Men in Black. Could have been Gas Station Larry from down the road. I don't know. Like, <laughs> doesn't it, there's no like conclusive like oh add this to the list of UFO sightings from that area in the '90s or something. Like it's such a strange out there. Like when we were originally talking about it, that's why I was like, I have a story, but it's the least sensible story you could probably hear. Like we yeah. can't tie it to anything. Like that's fine thematically or something, right? Um, but that, even though I'm so open and ready to experience anything, that's the only thing that I've ever experienced hmm. where I sit and I'm like, saw something weird, don't know what it was. And it's stuck with me for 30 years yeah. like, or however long it's been. Yeah. Since yeah. How old I was. So regardless of what it was, it was, it was, uh, an experience that just probably maybe sent you in a direction or allowed you to be open-minded as an adult. Right. You know what maybe. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause, Cause there's, there's plenty of times. Cause again, as a kid, you know, even, even when I was young, um, I was a big fan of paranormal, spooky, scary thing. You know, I love horror movies, right. All that sort of stuff. So as a kid, I was always looking for that stuff. So every time, you know, I see a shooting star as a kid or I see the blinking light from a, uh, a radio tower yeah. off in the distance. I'm like, oh, Mom, yeah, look. totally. And, you know, and of course, there's so many like, no, that's not it. So it's like I tried to find some of those things. You know what I mean? I would try and be like, I don't know. That light up there is moving pretty weird. What if it's not a plane, Mom? Like, you ever think about that? Like, and so it's like I was looking for those things. So it's not like I – because if that were the case, I could have fabricated a ton of things in my brain and tricked myself into believing that I saw some other thing. Right. Sure. I could have tricked myself a hundred times into being like, oh, yeah, you've saw – you've seen a UFO. You've seen uh, whatever. Remember that shadow in your house that one time? It wasn't because the car lights on the outside hit the clothing rack the right way. It was a ghost. Like there's nothing else that I've ever even as a child that I've like locked in that I'm like, oh, no, I think I saw something. Oh, my gosh, finally, a paranormal experience. This is the only one that I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And it, it feels different. Leaves you on a little bit any... of an island, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's... I would say I would feel the same way because I've had a few paranormal experiences. And knowing that there are other people that have very similar stories, it makes sense. Yeah. And then that you're like, oh, okay, just... I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not this wasn't of just I didn't have a slight TIA. While you were sleeping. That was strange. Can you, I mean, you've probably shared them on the show at this point. No. I would love to hear, even if it's short versions. You want to hear it? We haven't gotten too much deep into our own personal experiences I would. Yet. I know I'm, I'm throwing my podcaster hat on here for a second. <laughs> I have. But I would love to hear at least a story from each of you of sure. something. I have a couple. I'll, I'll do some quick ones. I'll do the good one that is my personal experience. But, it's, okay, so this is 2013. Living in our last 
rental house. My wife and I, we had been married in 2012. So just got to new year rolled over. Um, I had been working nights seven at night, seven in the morning. My wife as well at the hospital. I switched day shift for the first time ever in like six years. So I'd never worked days. She was still on nights. So, you know, at nighttime I'm going to bed by myself. I'm, <coughs> excuse me. I have the house. I'm Kevin McAllister. I'm home alone. You know, there's no dog. There's nothing. It's just me. And so I would go out. I'd go down to Curio and meet up with a resident and have a cocktail or two and walk home and go to bed. And so the house we lived in is in German Village. It's old. It's, you know, 1800s, uh, early 1900s. Um, the staircase that went up to our bedrooms goes up and then it's split at the top to like our bedroom and then the guest bedroom. And so I'm in our bed and our bed is facing towards the door. And I think I had the hallway light on. And I was just kind of laying there going to bed and just nothing crazy, just thinking about, yeah, I got to go to work tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And I've had sleep paralysis a couple of times before when I was a kid, when I've all throughout the years, maybe one every couple of years, I'll have a really good one that's like, okay, I don't need that again. But I'm like laying there and I thought I saw something, like you're saying, like thought I saw a shadow. But then I'm like, you're crazy, you know, don't. I, I was always a very scared kid, you know, didn't like scary movies, was always don't let me in the basement by myself. Like okay, I want to okay. be. Able. So I've always had a natural fear of that. And so as I've been an adult, it's hard to get rid of that. Sometimes you like, you got to keep yourself grounded. Like not, not every shadow's a ghost, you know, but I'm laying there and all of a sudden I'm like, no, that thing definitely moved. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of strange. So I'm like, I'm just going to lay here and just, I'm going to fall asleep. It'll be fine. And that's when I felt like the blankets lifting and I could feel the weight depress onto the bed. And now I'm like, there is somebody, it felt like somebody crawled into bed with me. So I'm like, I just am kind of petrified. I think it's sleep paralysis, right? Because mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point, I haven't moved since I first saw this. I'm laying there and I'm just watching. You think it's sleep paralysis. At this point. Uh, yeah. At this point, I'm still like, I've gotten typical. my last end of like, okay, you're you're having sleep paralysis. That's what yeah. this is. Okay, cool. You're awake and all this is happening. Right. And that's when the, it spoke to me and it said, come closer. And it was like right in my ear and I freaked out and I ran out of the house. I up, down the stairs, out <laughs> the house. And it's like that. 11 o'clock at night in the dark and I'm just out there in my shorts, and no shirt, just bare feet. and like, what'd the voice sound like? Just the typical creepy, come closer, like whisper. Like a harsh whisper. Kind of soft, but just that kind of almost that like the others. Yeah. Just that whisper. And you know where I first heard a similar story like that was Dan Aykroyd's. Mm -hmm. That's what he put in the Ghostbusters even. Like the whole like the scene where he's in the bed and the ghost is in bed with him. Right. Right. Getting a little. It was. Yeah. Nothing happened to me. And that's why he's in his story. He even said like it felt like the ghost just wanted to cuddle. So I just laid there and let it cuddle with me. You ran out. I ran the hell out of that house. Dan Aykroyd let it all And that's when I was like, oh, this isn't sleep paralysis. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what solidified it. So I was like. I don't know where to go with this. Either I hallucinated all German of German Village is an old area. I don't know where to go with it. It was right. weird. That's, That's the only wild. thing I've ever had there. Man. But it's also after I married my – well, before I married my wife, the first time I spent a night at her parents' house, she let me know that her parents' house in Cleveland, Ohio, is haunted. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever. That haunted. There's ghosts. Good. Ooh. You know, I'm, yeah. Whatever. 
I've never seen anything. It's like the first time I saw a grizzly bear. I'm like, that's a bear that can eat me. I don't need to see that in the wild. Yeah. It's the same thing you were saying earlier of like, I'd like to see Sasquatch this, that, but safely, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'll see a ghost, <laughs> but safely. Like, just don't freak me out. Take too me to much. a paranormal zoo. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we go to her house, her parents' house. We went there because it was her mother's uncle's funeral. So I'm there to meet her parents for the first time around a funeral. I'm going to the funeral, et cetera. And she's had ghost encounters there before. She's seen full body apparitions walk through her house type stuff. So I'm like, whatever. So go to bed that night and we're laying in her spare room at her house. It's her old bedroom. And her dog at the time was still alive, Jasmine, right? So Jasmine's sleeping in her dog bed and Kim's asleep and I'm there. And I mean, I hear like just fingernails rapping on the floorboard. And I'm like, that dog is down there. I look over, that dog is dead asleep. And I'm like, that that noise cannot I'm very sensitive to noise as well. It's almost problematic. So I know it's not the dog. And it just kind of stops. But about 2, 3 in the morning, it woke us up because it hit the um, closet door so hard it woke up all of us, the dog, me, my wife. There's nothing in the closet that had moved. But it, I mean, was audible enough it woke all of us up at once. Because she's heard typing on the keyboard downstairs. Like I said, she's, she's seen a full body a walk through the what? house, basically. Yeah, she... Gentleman in a flannel jacket she, and She doesn't and, like talking about it. She grew up in that house, and it's like wow. really so still affects quickly her. believed. Like, yeah. Something's dang. going on here, whatever it is. But man, So ever since then, man, every time we spend the night there, you oh. won't catch me out like in that living room by myself no, at night because no. it's a tri-level, so there's a downstairs. Okay. Yeah, and all that darkness and that's yeah 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 a little, you know, little dungeony yeah yeah that's so wow those are my encounters as well as I have them are they documented no but right, again right. from personal experience and kind of being pretty hard on evaluating mm-hmm. encounters incidents again like I'm I'm uh, this isn't really happening I'm just seeing shadows you're having sleep paralysis and now shadow what's people. my explanation. Yeah. It's not sleep paralysis. I shouldn't have been able to move if it was sleep paralysis. Right, right. Because I've had the same experience with sleep paralysis um, when I lived by myself of waking up on the couch to seeing like a disheveled woman in a in a house robe with a butcher knife running around my house. And I was like, you want to talk about anxiety and fear and not being able to move. But it, if you know it's sleep paralysis, that's the only thing that's like slightly comforting. You know it's not real. That's the guiding force, right? Like it's you like can't a move dream or say anything. Kind of, it's yeah. kind of like a dream state. You can open your eyes and everything. Yeah, it's weird. Your dream is overlapping reality in a certain way. Sleep paralysis would terrify me. I've, so yeah, much. my sleep paralysis experiences. When I used to party a lot, I used to have these weird dreams, and I would like be sleeping all. It always happened when I'd be like, you know how when you you used to go out and just stay up all night and then just like sleep until. You know, maybe wake up and then sleep in the afternoon on a Saturday and then go out and do it all over again. You just have one of those tears that you just want to sleep all day. Yep. And we used to get after it, uh, Bub and I, yeah. our, our friends. We used to party quite a bit. And I would have these experiences where basically, like, it would feel like electricity in my brain is going off. Like someone took a cattle prod to my brain. And I could somehow fight this energy surge out of my head in the dream. But then it got to a point where all of a sudden I would literally physically feel myself being pulled up like this into some sort of like field. But I couldn't move. 
but it almost felt like my soul or part of me was being sucked. I was still laying down. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was sleep paralysis. I don't think it was like anything paranormal, but it almost, you know, it feels like you're being pulled apart. Like there's this force, this. Uh, it might almost be like some deep meditation though too. But it's like my soul was trying to come out of my body and go in interdimensional mm-hmm. or something. But again, it was like this dream state. It wasn't like I was awake. Uh, I mean, conscious, yes, for sure, conscious. Um, but I mean, that's. But the electricity feeling in my brain makes me think that it was some sort of uh, sleep paralysis experience mixed with some kind of a dream. Mm-hmm. But the physical sensation of being ripped out of my body is what I keep coming back to. It's like, and it happened 30, 40 times. Yeah. Throughout my, I mean, hmm. I'm not talking this is one or two times. This used to happen to me quite a bit, and I would wake up feeling just shook. You, I feel like you telling that those stories just unlocked a memory for me of something that there I remember. There we go. So I, I'm pretty sure it was a dream, but the feeling that you're talking about of like the physical sensation of what's happening, right? It lifted. I remember, I haven't thought about this in forever. I remember. Because for a while, my mom and I lived at grandma's house, where, where all this stuff happens, apparently. Um, <laughs> grandma's, the house of the paranormal. Yeah, pretty much. God, that's um, funny. And I remember, again, I think it was a dream, but still a distinct memory. I remember, wow, maybe I did have an encounter with a ghost. Now we're unlocking some. Yes. Now we're Keep I'm going. remembering things. Paranormal therapy session, y'all. I, yeah, you know what? Um, I remember jumping down the full set of like, uh, so her, her basement at her house was like finished. It was, it was like my mom and I's apartment. Right. So, you know, carpeted, nice, you know, all this sort of stuff, basically another house in the basement. That's where um, I would sleep. And I have this memory of being with someone who all I can remember is like another, like like a child in the middle of the night. And I have this memory of jumping from the top of the stairs, clearing all of the stairs and like almost float landing on the ground. And it was like a game that we were playing. And I, I literally, I remember that now you saying, because like what triggered that for me was you explaining the idea of being asleep, but knowing something's happening, but it doesn't really seem real, but you're getting the physical sensation of it. Yeah. I remember the physical sensation of landing on the ground. Like of having that, like having to like cushion with your legs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, sort of thing. But I remember, I it literally again, I don't know, probably a dream. But like what I remember from that is being with somebody that was like a, a child, and them helping me jump like multiple times from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. Hmm. But not getting hurt any time that but I did it. But this was a a kid you knew, a friend of yours. A... I don't know. All like all I remember is like the the like essence of a of a child. You know, okay. felt childlike. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, wild. that's a that's another one. Like when I think about it, I literally I can visually kind of like see because like she had because like the the basement you know was all you know dark obviously when the lights are off, but she had this uh, like hallway light for the for the stairs. Yeah, and it would, like would always make this like yellow glow. Um, and I literally remember that. And I also remember like her carpet wasn't super soft in the basement, you know, it was like, it was just that super flat carpet, right? Cement underneath Uh, it. Yeah, exactly. 
And that's that was what the stairs and the floor were made of. And yeah, I don't know. I have that weird. That's funny. Again, probably a dream. But you explaining the whole physical thing while being awake, while being asleep, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing. I mean, you can be in so many different altered states of consciousness. Yeah. When you're right before you get ready to fall asleep, I have these dreams where I'm like in a split second and in my car and then I wreck it and wake up and go, oh, you're in your bed. Yeah. Do you or, ever think about the idea of um, the whole theory that like when you're asleep, your your soul and your consciousness attaches to other living versions of you and you, you see glimpses of their life. Have you ever heard that of that theory? That could 100% be. That's deep. So that, that's, it's another Something. kind of spiritual thing, right? Wow. But like that's that's sometimes – and obviously dreams can be wacky and silly and nonsensical. Your astral tra- traveling it's kind of in astral, another yep. reality. You, you, you being unconscious here, you know, you kind of – you reattach. It's like people have theories that that's what a lot of dreams are. Yeah. Is, yes, it's our brains releasing chemicals and we're just playing little movies in our head while we're asleep. It's an interesting – um, but the theory is is that when you go to sleep and you're unconscious in this body, your soul, your consciousness itself is still active. Right. And then you kind of almost like ch- turning channels on a TV, you tune in and you see a glimpse of another version of you existing. Oh, wow. And it could still make sense because if, if we're talking about in, infinite universes and possibilities, yeah, there's a universe where there's zombies everywhere. There's a universe where everybody eats – Whatever, like you know what I mean. It's like any of even it could make sense of the weird dreams you have, where you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I had dreams where I would go back to the exact same city. I've done that over and over and over again, but the city wasn't real. Mm -hmm. It was literally some sort of made-up city in my brain that I knew the roads to, I knew the buildings to, and I would go back there over and over again and see the same people. When I So there's a lot of times, that happens to me pretty often, in my dreams I will be in a place, and in my dream I'm aware that I have been here before. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm back in this place, and I'm kind of aware that I'm dreaming. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not... I know I'm not awake right now, but oh, I'm back in this. I'm back in this place. Oh, I've seen. Oh, I'm gonna go to this place because I know that this area is here, or say, like things like that. Hmm. Um, but it's also a mixture of like I'll be aware of locations in my dreams, but also I will have a reoccurring dream and I'll be aware of everything that's about to happen, like watching a movie again or something. Right? There's a lot of times I'll have dreams where it, the dream me is like, oh. Oh, we've had this dream before. This this thing's about to happen, and that thing's about to happen. And there'll be like slight alterations hmm. of me mm, being there that it's time. Like a but deja vu dream. Yeah, it's kind of like strange. a weird deja vu mix sort of thing. I don't know if you guys are. Do you do you find yourselves like aware when you're in dreams? Like, are you are you are you able are you like identifying like, oh, this is a dream me, and I am in this dream world. Here I am. When I was doing the like reading books about the waking life and stuff like that, used to keep a dream journal. I used to be able to control my dreams. And when you write them down every single night, you write your dreams down and then you put intentions towards what dream you want to have. It's kind of like this, this book, I think it's called waking life or Hmm. dreaming, waking dreams or something. Spielman hooked me up with it. He's a, uh, our buddy. Um, and for that short time, but it just got so weird and so bizarre and you can, you know, if I would have kept it going, um, but yeah, conscious dreaming is a thing. Mm -hmm. That's where you can literally like create things and go and do them, create items, create like adventures. Essentially. I have heard of a lot of my dreams are kind of adventurous where I'm like, I'm on a task. Yeah. It's like a quest in a video game. 
where all of a sudden I'm like in a hotel and there's all these people I graduated high school with and then these UFOs come out of nowhere <laughs> and I'm like running around trying to get people back to their rooms. Yeah, yeah. Trying to – it's like, you know, some kind of like action-adventure dream. Right. Um, and uh, where it's like, you know, you're trying to help like save civilization or something. Right, right. Um, and in those dreams, that's where you're like – but as soon as you realize, like then when I was a kid, up. I could keep it going and going. But now as an adult, when you realize you're in that dream, then you're just, boop, you wake up. You're out of it. Yeah. It ejects you once you realize the scenario. Right, right. It's and like the simulation stops, like, they're aware, kick them out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's beep, kind of, that's, that's the fun part, right? It's that's like, yeah. what I feel like happens. The moment I'm like, oh, I'm going to, right. you know, just. Yeah, see, I, I for some reason get more time. Like, off. I'll be I'll be walking through, and I'll be like, "Oh, I've been in this dream town before." Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm mm-hmm. This is a dream me right now. Yeah. So let's see what's gonna happen here. Right. Like, let's. I don't know. Let's just go. Like, I, I wish I could keep it going that long. Like you said, once you realize, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is dream me." Now yeah. it's like, dreams yeah. over. That's that. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that before. I feel like I do more often than not. I get more time. Yeah. To yeah. to experience the things and. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of times too, like dreams will just end like a movie, like but it'll end with finite. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The thing is accomplished. You finished the speech. You did the <laughs> thing. You yep. finished dinner, and then it's like it ends. And like literally recently in my dream, I finished a speech doing. So I don't even know what it was. It wasn't like I was president or something. Give it but some like, talk. <laughs> I was doing something, and as I delivered my like confident ender line, I like physically felt. Like inside, like yes, accomplished. And then I literally woke up. Yeah, that's wild. And I was like, and for a second I was like, oh, nice, I finished the speech. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> you know, that was not me. <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second, like what the hell? But it was like this weird completion. Yeah, you know see, I, mean? I always have like, dreams yeah. that I've you know forgotten to write a paper for an English class, or you know I didn't study for a test, and I wake up and I like, you're convinced for a hot minute that you're gonna get kicked out of school. You're like. I don't go yeah, to school I, anymore I, right I now. I definitely like, will have those where, like, it'll be me now, but back in school. Like, yep. we, we all had to go back to school for some reason. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know. Mine, right. Mine's always, I don't know what my class schedule is. Yep. That's always my, like, school dream Yep. is, like, I'm in school, I'm back, and I'm like, I don't know where the next classroom is I need to go to or what my schedule is. I don't know how to figure it out. I'd always have to go to, like, the office to, hey, can you give me my class schedule? Because I have no freaking clue. And I'm like trying to rack my brains i'm like okay i'm i'm an adult and i'm back in school now my class schedule right. must just be the same as it was when i was in high school so then i'm like trying to figure that out yeah. that's always my uh back in school like stressful yeah. dream is like um yeah for some reason i'm like too. i gotta go to class like oh my gosh like yeah oh dude when i had covid i had some gnarly dreams really it dreams. was wild like when i started kind of feeling better mm-hmm. is when the dreams because it was just like black death when i was sick um and like me and my wife got pretty sick like right after christmas last year but the day that i kind of like started feeling better i was sleeping and i like you said i was back in school but it yeah. was like elementary school and it was so fancy and high tech i was walking around going this is so confusing why do they have all this like fancy restaurant and this like ridiculous technology but it was almost like wakanda technology almost i don't know how to describe it yeah but the school was rigged out in this like unbelievable and i'm walking around going why am i here and what i kept doing was getting my phone trying to call my buddy 
that I haven't talked to in a long time. And just, I was like, he still lives here. I'm calling him. And I'd get on my phone <laughs> and I'd sit there and like, as soon as I'd get his number dialed up, my screen would go black. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, the phone's charged. Yeah. Why can't I make this call? And I'd be like, oh, I'm calling him again. I'd be just like, why is everybody, like, why is this so weird? Like, all this, these people are at school. Right. And then I'd try to call him again, and the phone would go black. And then finally, I just, in my dream, was so frustrated that I just couldn't call and tell somebody and ask them, why is school like this now? Yeah. That's all I wanted to yeah. know. <laughs> and it was like hours of trying to do that. Yeah. And just walking around aimlessly. It just See, made no sense. A lot of those, a lot of those dreams where I'm trying to contact somebody or like search somebody on the internet or call them or, or text or whatever. Yeah. The phone never it, works. Well, it feels so real that when I wake up, yeah. I'm like, I need to check my phone and see, like, yeah. is this even a person that I have in my phone? Like, I've done that sometimes where, like, in my dream, I'll look somebody up on Instagram or something. And, like, when I wake up, I'm like, why did I look that per-? Like, Because it's not like, oh, my, oh, I'm looking up the strange road. Sh-. You know, it's not yeah. that. It's like yeah. somebody I don't know. But in that dream version, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah. So I'll wake up and, like, try to remember what their username was. I'm like, right. I wonder if they, like, actually exist. Like, it That'd never works. Wild. It never works. But, you know. That would be wild. I do. Because, I, I do, like, it'll be so distinct in my dream where it's so real. Their username is so, like, accurate it's, and yeah, real. It's yeah. like, you know, so whatever their name is. And, like, I'll wake up and I'm, like, more for the fun of it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. can I remember any part <laughs> of their username and just see if I can look it up. Does it exist? You know what I mean? Like it hasn't worked so far. So no cool ending to that. I don't think we'll ever figure out what dreams really are. I mean, there's, that's kind of the fun part though Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, as I've like had kids, like in the last few years, my dreams have just come back in full force. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my twenties, I don't think I ever, ever dreamed like in my early thirties, I didn't dream much. Um, but now it's just like a flood, like every single night. Yeah. It's just, it's insane. That's yeah. There's, um, there's very little time. I don't I know why that is. Why it's just like, you know, there's some kind of message in there. Are we supposed to be getting, is it just for us to go like have fun in this like etheric world and have an experience while your brain, your physical body is just shutting down. Yeah. Um, but your consciousness is able to go free and fly around in these other dimensions is that good for us right like dreaming right. is that part yeah. of like being a healthy person i think mm-hmm. it's healthy because what i was just thinking was man it'd be great if when you went to bed you could control your dreams and then i was like you know like have a two lives waking life yeah sleeping and your waking and sleeping life but then i'm thinking i don't think i want to control my dreams my dreams are the uh possibility factory they show yeah. you things your mind can't create so if you had control over it you would actually be cutting yourself off from the possibilities. So that dream state is meant to be this, hey, guess, we're just shooting you off in this random direction today. Yep. Oh, yeah. There yeah. might be ones that play over and over again, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. you hit more times than not. But I really think that's the cool part of it. If It's it's a randomness every time. It's like, um, yep. oh, my God, what's the name of the movie? Zaphod Beeblebots. Um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, man. I never watched that. Oh, my God, Love man. They have this, that. this that's button on their book. ship when they're like hyperdriving mm-hmm. that like, you know, if they hit this button in hyperdrive, like their ship can turn from a spaceship to like a yarn ball at one point. Like they enter this galaxy and universe where they're made of yarn. And like, then they have the scene in the movie where everybody's made of yarn and they like stabilize and they pop out of that really universe. Weird. And now they're Wild. back in reality again. Okay. And it's like, they did a great job when they created yeah. that movie. Hitchhiker's yeah. guide to the galaxy is, 
it's weird, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it, but I've never watched yeah, it. Yeah, check it out um, once. What's his name? Um, Bilbo Baggins. Most Def. Most Def's in it. Most Def is the oh, okay. the guy yeah. plays Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit is one of the main characters. Elijah Wood. Sam Rockwell's oh God, in it. Sam Rockwell yeah, he's is a Beeblebots. G. He's Dude. my favorite actor, I uh, think. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's in like everything that's God, good. what's his name? He doesn't do bad movies, I don't think. John Malkovich is in it. He's great. If I'm thinking of the right Zoe person, Deschanel's Sam, in it, yeah. Sam Rockwell. I think he was in an indie movie called Moon. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that's, that's one the right of my person? favorite yeah. movies. Moon it's is so, so cool. He's the only person in the whole movie. Yeah. He kills it. That's so Sam cool. Rockwell's great. Like, I don't know yeah. if he got an Academy Award. He was definitely up for one for that. He, was he in, may have. He was in The Green Mile. Was he yeah. in Three Billboards? Did you guys watch Three Billboards? I haven't seen that. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is the full title. Okay. It's a very good movie. Oh, cool. It's I'm pretty sure Sam Rockwell is in it. Oh, I need to see Um, this because it's a a huge very good movie. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, I think, was the first movie I ever saw him in where he was the guy that ran the gong show. I don't remember that. Oh, it was yeah. supposed to be based on a true story that the guy that ran the gong show was also like a CIA yep. operative and like right. killed a bunch of people. Oh, okay. Was like a, a wet worker. Like Interesting. So Sam Rockwell plays that character yep. and the whole movie is like running the gong show and then he's going off and doing these covert operations and popping back in and out of it. It's, it's weird. But yeah, I don't I don't think I've seen that. But, I'm surprised you've seen Moon, honestly. I, did, I thought oh. that was going to be a deep like, yeah. Yeah, you ever heard of Moon? No. Oh no, I love Moon. No, I did watch Max that. Grow. Turned me on to Moon um, when I worked with him. Yeah, a lot of Moon talk here on this episode. Apparently, we this is a Moon filled episode. It's moon heavy. <laughs> Who knew? We're it? Talking about uh, Earthwork alignments with the Moon and yep. and your flickering Moon story. Looking like a bobber. The, the, I love it. The and bobber Moon. The movie. There we go. Uh, but man, guys, this has been fun. Ross, absolutely, dude. This I am is great. So happy we please, got to do this. Please, please <laughs> come down and do with the do this with us. Anytime. Anytime, yeah. Please. Uh, yep. I, I like your uh, style that you live your life. You, you're you very positive. You've got uh, your own I cut. Think, yeah. yeah. You're, I think, lifting people up. You're, um, you know, definitely, I think you're for sure an optimist, which I think there's kind of a lack of that now. But it's yep. giving people the benefit of the doubt, keeping the eye on what you're trying to do. And, uh, I mean, couldn't be more... Uh, thrilled today to sit down with ross and it's great great conversation and uh like i said you're right in our city Mm -hmm. we could do this i could do this all day oh dude yeah (laughs) this could could be a six-hour live stream if you wanted it to be yeah i absolutely love talking again about anything and everything and it was cool to come and get to do this have this opportunity uh, to dive into those, like, you know, the weird conversations of the energies and the moon stories yeah, and the, right. all that sort of we stuff. We love it. But it was fun to get to kind of actually tie them into kind of like you were saying, how I do live my life of like, right. yeah. hey, this is why energy matters and this is why positive and negative interactions and all this sort of stuff. I've never been able, I think, to connect those dots of like, here's my strange paranormal energy world that I love to think about. Not even necessarily the energy, but just more just the strange and mysterious and all that sort of stuff. Right. And then finding a way to relate it uh, to logical things and yeah. getting to talk about all the fun stories. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much that I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. Like, I used to be obsessed with ancient aliens. We didn't talk about any of that. Oh, bro. Uh, love that. Um, and I, I would love to just talk about cryptid stories. I'm obsessed with cryptids. And we didn't even uncover or dig into, like, conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries. I love those. I would love to just sit and talk about, like, um, 
what is it? Hell's Past, Yatlov Pass, that incident, if you oh, guys are familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yep. love that story. Tell us that story. We got so some time. The the quick rundown of it, because um, otherwise if I try to give you details, I'll butcher it, because I probably, <laughs> you know, even though I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's an actual unsolved mystery, so it's not like the, uh, have you ever heard of the Russian sleep experiments? Yes. No. Um, so it's something that's very, very cool, but it's a it's a creepypasta. It's fake. It's not real. Right, right. Um, and basically that, just to uh, fill you in on the Russian sleep experiments, it's these sleep experiments where they kept uh, Russian soldiers awake for days and tried to see what it would do, and they would feed them weird gases and all this sort of stuff. And basically they lost their minds and hallucinated, and they turned into like these like weird kind of humanoid creature things after days and days. It's very, very cool. And I know my explanation makes it sound very unreasonable, but the, it, the story is told in a very realistic way. Okay. For a long time, people thought it was a very real thing. Um, it's a it's a fake story that was made up, but the Dyatlov Pass incident, right? It is an actual unsolved mystery right. in the real world, not a story. Where basically, um, way back when, a group of expert Russian hikers went up to this mountain Dyatlov Pass, you know, this sort of thing, where um, um, locally it was known as a a spiritual mountain. There was you know kind of this like dangerous element to it. Um, there had also, over the years, been a lot of strange UFO sightings around there before really anybody knew what UFOs were. It was like, oh, there's bright orange lights flying around. They saw a lot of weird stuff around this mountain, so it was looked at in a spiritual way. There's right. something special about this mountain. Um, the So this group of Russian hikers um, all go up, not to do anything wrong, but to hike and investigate and you know, do whatever. Um, and then where the mystery part comes in is later on they are all found dead, so they go missing. Yeah. They're all found dead, and they die in the strangest ways. Um, they have internal injuries of, like, stuff being exploded and ripped apart inside of them, but no external damage that says, oh, a boulder hit them or a bear ripped them apart. Oh, I didn't know that part. Um, a few of them were missing their tongues. Their tongues had been cut out hmm. and, and thrown somewhere else, um, and they found those. They were all found having um, ran away from their campsite. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were all, like... And um, there was evidence of they many of them actually ripped open their tents from the inside to escape, Whoa. which a lot of that is um, connected to like hypothermic kind of mental breakdown because you mm -hmm. can lose your mind. And because sure. they were all, a lot of them were naked. So, again, when you're in hypothermia, you, you get disoriented and you're running away from something that's not there and you're taking off your clothes because they were wet. They were taking off their clothes. Well, like No, it's just, there's something about it. It makes your mental and physical state just sort of break and you don't know if you're hot or cold or what. Like, yeah. So you're you're freezing, but you feel like you're you know, super hot. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of evidence that like debunks that theory completely. Um, and so, yeah, they just had a lot of like weird damage and like a lot of weird things that sort of looks like they were murdered, Yeah. but not normally murdered. Not like, Oh, they got stabbed in the neck with a knife and one of them went crazy and killed everybody. Right. It's like every potential option that would be logical. You can think of them. And then when they're talked about, and then you they share the evidence of like well they were found like this and they were they were all scattered away from their campsite and they were face down over here and one was over here and they're missing a tongue and they're missing an eye and all this sort of like weird stuff um, you can think of the logical things of like hypothermia um, or like a polar bear attacking them or one of them going crazy and killing everybody but it's it's a fun mystery to me because every one of those logical answers is immediately downplayed by another real piece of evidence. 
So it's not one of those things that's like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if? It's like, well, no, logically that doesn't make sense because of this. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. this complete unsolved mystery of what happened to these hikers. Um, and of course, they're experienced hikers and all this sort of stuff. No one survived? No one survived. Okay. I, I believe. I don't think... I don't think I don't anybody, think anybody so they, survived. They just came across these... Well, they knew they were missing. They knew they, they, knew they went yeah. missing. And so they went looking for them. And it wasn't like there was an avalanche that buried all their stuff. Yeah. Because that's another theory. It's like, oh, an avalanche killed them. It's like, and didn't bury them under tons of snow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, of course, you know, your kookier... Uh, and I don't mean that in that way. But, like, your kookier explanations are like, oh, they were attacked by a Yeti. A Yeti killed them. Or the UFO sightings and that thing. Aliens attacked them and just fucked them up, and that's why there's like right. radiations that they mm-hmm. found around because the, there was that's another thing. It Sounds like, like a missing four one one situation. Yeah, which I like well, missing four one one. Yeah, oh my, but don't get me started. We watched the new. Jesus. I watched. I bought the new one. There's a new one. Yeah, the when did UFO it the connection. The UFO connection. Missing four one one. Oh yeah. That. Like what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Is a case that would. Oh, that's awesome. Be if that ever turns into a series, like I said. Politis has so many accounts. Mm-hmm. He really only he covers should like have a five in the movie, but he could do a hundred part episodes. Oh, I, I would, I would. Those stories on, are so cool and entertaining. Yeah, we and love even that the less stuff. crazy ones, just the real ones of like a child goes missing mm-hmm. and they're found on a mountaintop. Yeah, how does that make that's like bizarre enough? That's cool. You don't need to tell me it was an alien. Right, right. I just that in itself. What about how does a child get? A, you what know, about the stories of the children that go missing and the bears? take care of them oh yeah yeah, yeah. when they find yeah. kids that just and they're happened like, recently did it like really? a couple years ago in north carolina or yeah wherever. there's been so many stories like a kid will say oh the, the hairy man helped i'm me. telling you right now yeah. yeah i'm dying if i go missing as a 40 year old man i'm dying i don't have survival skills uh, for sure yeah i'm not a wilderness if i can't podcast expert. in the woods i'm done for. <laughs> <laughs> i mean if we we're out hunting and we we're in a group and i go missing it just don't yeah, chalk it up to Sasquatch. You'll find yeah. me, and I'll be dead. Yeah. If oh, I go missing, God. I hope somebody makes a cool, mysterious story about me going missing, <laughs> yeah. so I can be on a podcast later. Yeah. But yeah, I love all the missing four one one stuff. And yes, it's the outlaw pass. But like those sort of unsolved mysteries, conspiracy theories, absolutely love stuff like that. So cool. my point in bringing all that stuff up before we trailed off further down the road, uh, <laughs> there, there's, I mean, there's so much stuff we didn't even scratch the surface of. So if you guys ever want me back, oh yeah, bro, I lots of talking points. Oh, there is so much more we could sit and talk about. One hundred percent, it's never ending. I feel like this is just kind of a prime for the next series. This of kind of introducing episodes yeah. that we yeah. could yeah. do together. This is absolutely. just like priming it up a little bit. Yeah, like, getting to know each other. Um, you know, like I said, we met you during the video community. You were down here helping Mark and the boys kind of set yep. with set design and, you know, being, you were pretty much like the creative director of what everything looked like. Mm-hmm. We had a little set over there, had a set here in the corner. Um, so here we are full circle. Yep. We were here when Brozone did not look like this No, at all. Yeah. It was, I will uh, say it again. Very this different vibe. place looks awesome. <laughs> like absolutely looks awesome. It's just, it's super fun just to come in and again, just sit and just talk hey. about all the things like, right. This. Like we're just, we're nice, just easy out, space. Talk about all the weird stuff, all the fun stuff, everything. Right. I absolutely love it. So yeah, this, this was a blast for cool. sure. I was so stoked when you were like, "Yes, we want you on the show." I'm yeah, like, dude. Oh, yes, what a way to kick off this new year. Yeah, so you are our that's first perfect, guest yeah. of the new year. Also, oh, that's yeah, awesome. absolutely. And, you know, everybody out there, happy new year. I yeah. know it's a little bit belated, but um, we put out a few videos here just uh, around the Christmas and holidays to kind of keep everything moving. But uh, we have a big 2023. Um, we've yeah. got a lot of cool and exciting gigs coming up, yeah. uh, helping some folks. Uh, we've got. 
podcast episodes booked. We've got uh, some video ideas and different things that we want to do as a company uh, and uh, event ideas of, you know, potentially holding our own type of conferences. And and so we're hoping that uh, we can keep this ship moving forward. Um, It's always great to be able to connect with local people like Ross that we can kind of support each other and and, uh, help each other out because Ross is just like, like I said, great designer, great with video, great with just, you know, entrepreneurial mindset of like how you look at things. So, you know, even when it comes to kind of what we're doing with some of our design, we would love to, you know, have some input from you of of just kind of, you know, your stuff's super duper clean. Everything you put out on social media looks great. Great. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, for and sure. We really, really love your your style um, of how you you put your brand together. Um, it seems like you've really thought out um, every step of the way. It really shows. Um, but again, this was a blast. Yeah. Want to yeah. thank? Uh, Where can we find you at? Ross? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah. So at this time, it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have told you months ago to go check out my Instagram, and you could have seen years worth of all my creations. Um, well, I officially got hacked and disabled a, a month ago. Terrible. What? So that finally happened to me. So all of that stuff has been wiped clean. Um, but I just restarted a new Instagram. There's not a lot on it yet, but there's going to be because now I've got plenty of time to just rehash all the stuff that I've done that so I want to reshare. Ha- um, hacked your account? And- yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's you know, one of those things where, like, you randomly get hacked and someone's selling or messaging you ads for Ray-Bans or whatever, like, Hmm. Whatever happened, I've seen it happen to hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, I it finally happened to me for some that reason sucks. and somehow. So yeah, it got hacked and then disabled, and I didn't wasn't able to get it back because unfortunately Meta so does not have customers. All your videos Jesus. and stuff are gone. Oh, gone. Anything. So that I've, must have recently happened because uh, bef- I would thought I was on your Instagram page looking at all those dope reels you were doing. Yeah. Or no, did that you was, get them up recently? No, I literally just started posting again on my new Instagram Oh, yesterday. my gosh, dude. So this is that like was brand... A month ago. November wow, 30th was okay. when it happened. So, and wow. we, were, we were talking yeah. back uh, probably back a month then, or two yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was probably when it... Uh, so, Hello. yeah. That's I dude, would tell you to go the man in black. It, blame it on Mikey. To our show. They could have been like, you know what, this guy's like, he's, been, he's this is now the second podcast. I knew we shouldn't have gave him that damn lollipop. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, my my new Instagram is at Ross Tyson. Tyson is spelled T H E I S E N. Um, you can go check it out. I'm going to be gradually tossing some stuff, some stuff up there. Um, you know, trying to refill the feed with uh, all yeah. the cool stuff. I, I at least cool to me that I was doing oh, over yeah. the years. Yeah, well, good luck um, with that. I hope it uh, doesn't get hacked again. That yeah, sucks. It's I if I, it gets hacked again, I'm just like I'm just not supposed to have this. I guess <laughs> like this is not worth the effort. Like um, big butter Jesus getting struck by lightning. Like well, I would just, just like, wasn't meant what? to be. We'll just tap out on this one, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. It's giving me kind of a new, almost a refresh outlook though on it. It's almost fun. Good, different almost, angle. I'm, I'm looking at it of like you know what I get to rebuild something. Yeah. And I'm just gonna do that. It's annoying, yeah. but it's not as it's not as world ending as honestly you would think. That's it good. really isn't. Right. Um, luckily, the podcast stuff still exists, and I know not to like bring this full circle of like the whole life thing, but like. I know who I am right. when no one's around. I know who I am without social media yep. right. and lo- and looking cool on social media. So like, right. I still existed even without it right. being yeah. there. You know what I mean? You're so still Ross, <laughs> exactly. I'm still me. I still have the friendships and connections and get to do the things. You know, so all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they want to check out the podcast, what you don't hear podcast, um, you can follow it at W Y D H Pod. It's all the life story stuff that we were talking about earlier. 
Um, I also do an improv comedy podcast called Whose Life Is It Anyway? Okay. That was a recent launch back in uh, September Cool. that I got to launch. So that's the other show. If you don't want to listen to real serious therapy sessions, go listen to uh, me make a bunch of stuff up with a bunch of friends and comedians on that show. That's funny. Cool. Um, But yeah, that all still exists. I'm rebuilding my personal Instagram, but... I'm I'm online. I'm out there. You can you can find me doing all the things. So, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Dude, that's awesome. Again, thank you so much. Absolutely. Much 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 love, dude. Thank Rob you guys. Tyson, you are the Ross Tyson. You are the man, and we can't wait to have you back and hang yeah. out more and more and more and more. I'm gonna have and, a little notebook full of questions. Please, <laughs> please, because yeah. usually I'm the one asking the questions. Everybody else on the show. So I honestly love when I just get to sit and be like, ah. I will sit back and I will answer all the questions you have. Yeah, like, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm down. Count me in. Nice. Dude, that's great. Cool. And we are The Strange Road, and you can find us at The Strange Road on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, the YouTube page. If you found yourself here, please hit that subscribe and, and notification. We have a lot of people watching our videos. We would love for all of you to subscribe. We're working towards it helps. Uh, hitting a couple goals and levels right now, and it does help. Uh, it does help us rate our uh, podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you uh, feel like we deserve a five-star rating, please give us one of those. That would yeah. be so awesome. And uh, Ross's uh, podcast and pages as well. Um, you know, Write us a comment. Leave us a review. Yeah, and we've been say chatting what's up. quite a bit with some folks on Instagram and uh, comments and YouTube. So keep it coming, guys. Uh, our Strange Happenings uh episode will be streaming on thursday that's coming up we're going to be covering a couple things from uh some subscribers on youtube and people that have been reaching out to us to check out so we're getting some of that movement going uh i've been begging people hit us up what do you guys got out there that should be on our radar right and so uh there's a ufo sighting in las vegas over uh, over a nightclub in Las Vegas that we'll be talking about that's fairly recent, very strange video, um, and some of those kind of things. Um, but like I said, um, am I missing anything? Nope. What else we got? Be uh, the wizard. Yeah, Keep think, the mystery. Come yep. check us out on the Strange Happenings on Thursday. Yep, Thursday, come hang out. Can I add something in for yeah, you? Absolutely. Hey, uh, absolutely. If you if you have seen the moon move, please <laughs> let me know. That's a real statement. If you've hit seen up the move, Ross Tyson, hit us up. Please hit up, let us hit up know. Ross. We'll relay the message. Hit him up. Which I want corroboration I need, on this. Too. I need some proof. I need to know. I'm not the only. Just one. wait till you start getting emails or calls about this. You'll be like, no way. I can't wait. I would hope that happened. I finally be like, all right, cool. There's some. There's some man. Proof. If we can help that process to get you in contact with oh, that'd be someone that'd else be great. that's experienced that that would be fantastic amazing um want to thank stoner back there on the ones and twos hitting all the magical buttons as always uh, mikey and bub and ross tyson signing out see everybody adios 